Hey there folks, Alex here. I just wanted to say up front that the audio quality in this episode is despicable. I had my Blue Yeti on cardioid mode, which mostly records in a single direction, meaning that the volume of the person the mic was facing was much louder than the other person, requiring me to go in and manually adjust the volume line by line. I also think my Blue Yeti may be breaking, so I bought a new setup with Behringer XM8500 microphones, which is what you are hearing right now, so hopefully it's better. Anyway, hopefully you can still make out what we're saying and enjoy the episode. On with the show! Hello! Nice to see you, you son of a bitch. I am Arnold Schwarzenegger and I want to hate it. Welcome back, listeners, to I Want to Hate It. It's ice to be back. This is episode 15. And what a more fitting way to follow up our previous Batman episode, 2022's The Batman, starring the one and only Bob Batts, which was the beginning of a new Batman cinematic franchise, then with the end of another Batman cinematic franchise. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by today's co-host, Arden. Hello. We're currently recording this episode on the 8th of July, 2023. That is the date. We are doing this at my house, and we are doing this uh, at 12.04 a.m. I'm ready to talk about and to watch uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman. Is that how you say his name? Did this ruin his career? Is this the movie that stopped him from making movies? Possibly. But anyhow... He died from cancer. Oh! Okay! He did that during COVID. Arguably, he died from COVID, too. He did, he did that during COVID? That counted, as, that counted as a COVID death. Okay, so after Batman and Robin, he did this movie called... Phone Booth. Wait, Phone Booth? I thought that was a pretty good movie. Isn't yeah. that a movie where he's, like, stuck in a phone booth? Yeah. Talk about a ship in a bottle episode. The number 23. He directed Ooh. Kiss from a Rose! That's the one regret I have about doing Batman and Robin and not Batman Forever, is we don't get to hear... Seals kiss from a rose. We get to hear unlimited ice puns, which I will trade. It's a good trade off. For kiss from a rose. <laughs> all right. But for new listeners, let me explain what this is all about. The format of this podcast is divided into two major sections. So we got a pre watch section where we introduce the subject of the episode with some general information. Then we watch a trailer and declare whether we want to hate it. Next, we watch the subject or take notes. And then finally, we record a post-watch breakdown so we can definitively dick penis LU, the audience, whether we hated it or not. Arden. Yes. <laughs> I see you've made some changes to the document. But anyhow, it's been a while since your last episode. So in addition to the pre-watch and post-watch, we have also added a few new segments to the show, such as List Time, where we list our top five somethings, and Devil's Advocate, where one of us must defend the villains while the other host takes the side of the heroes. Of course, we also have the <laughs> Rhett Wayne Kerning segments, Trivia and Goofs, and Death Battle, pitting the characters of this episode against those of previous episodes. Now, with all of the vacuat out of the way, let's get into our first segment, entitled 
I want to hate it. I want to love it, or is it cheesy? I would think that... Wait, is this the part where I actually say if I want to hate it, love it, or if it's cheesy? No. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> the name of the segment. Yeah, okay. Perfect. So, what is it? What is this movie? Well... It's 1997's Batman and Robin, rated PG-13 with a runtime of two hours and five minutes. It's... From, from my recollection of this movie, it is the the unfortunate time of superhero movies where, where they, all the good yet. Ca- they were not good yet. <laughs> if you're a younger listener and your first experience with superhero movies is like Iron Man, you, you did not know this dark time in superhero movies where everything had to be edgy. And if it wasn't edgy, it was campy as hell. Yes. And that's what happened with this one. Right, so there's no such thing as a cinematic universe? No superhero has ever met another one on film? Well, Batman meets Robin and Batman forever. But that's like a scene. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like Batman meets Superman or something. Come on, man. There's no Avengers or anything. It's the fourth and final installment of the Warner Brothers' initial Batman film series. So, yes, it's a sequel to Batman Forever. Is it uh, technically a sequel to Batman Returns? It is. That's another weird thing. But it's played play by a different The same actor. actors weren't even required to be in the role. So we have Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton. is in the first two. Yeah. And then you have Val Kilmer in Batman yeah. Forever. And then this one has soap opera ER. heartthrob ER actor George Clooney in his heyday. This is Clooney at his hottest. At his prime. Man, and his hottest. Hottest man in the world. Yeah, George they Clooney. get him to be Batman, and you'd think it'd be amazing. And honestly, you'd think he wouldn't sign up to it unless it'd be a good movie. We know from, at this point, with a little bit of hindsight, is like a super artsy-fartsy, like, full of himself, like, love being in Wes Anderson movies prick. Is he? Yes. He's in a bunch of movies that are, like, Grand. critics love them, audiences go out confused, yeah. that kind of stuff, but the critics love it because, you know, art composition or whatever. I imagine it was money. Uh, that was his heyday, though. He didn't. This isn't. This isn't like Nicolas Cage after he's been foreclosed on his Five Islands. He, he's a big actor. He was A-lister. huge on ER. Yeah, he was an A-lister. Yeah. And they get him to do a kids' this. cartoon commercial yeah. for toys. For toys. I it's think a I bought toys from. I definitely bought cereal from this. Movie. We all did. <laughs> this. This was like. This is like a precursor to the type of shilling that like the Phantom Menace would eventually bring about. Yeah. Where it's basically one gigantic expensive advertisement for toys. But we won't let this conversation spoil our perception of the film. Because we're going to watch it again. I mean, we might love it. I might actually want to love it. Yeah. Because I loved the toys so much. The toys were cool. The cereal tasted good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And George Clooney's amazing. We also have Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson. Slash Robin, Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone, and others. That's right. He. This is all A-list, other than whoever played Robin. Was he an A-lister? Chris O'Donnell. I think he was an up-and-comer. He, he was an up-and-comer. He was like the Paul yeah. Walker of his time. Right. He was um, poised to do great things. Yeah, but like Uma Thurman? She's pretty big. She was she's huge. Fiction. Alicia Silverstone? She was, she was clueless. She was hot in the 90s. Yeah, she was hot in the 90s. These are all hot people. Hot actors. A-listers. Pat Hingle? He was somebody in it. Pat Hingle. The film follows the eponymous characters Batman and Robin as they attempt to prevent Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from taking over the world. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, he took bad stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, so they're trying to take over the world. Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. So how did it do at the box office? Did it make money? Uh, well, you know, it was released in 1997 in the United States and Canada, and it grossed about 42, approximately 43 million in its opening weekend. So it was the third highest opening weekend <laughs> gross of 1997 behind Men in Black and Lost World of Jurassic Park. Two movies that are, without spoiling how I feel about it, infinitely better than this movie. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. <coughs> Men in Black's a classic. Objectively. The Lost World Jurassic Park is a classic. I think it's a classic. It's disputed, but I like it. Um, and the seventh highest non-holiday opening weekend box office, uh, box office weekend of all time as of its release, is number one spot at the box office during its opening weekend, beating out My Best Friend's Wedding May and C2 <laughs> Cruise Control, all those weren't big contenders. Yeah. No fucking way. This movie would hold the record for the highest opening weekend for an Arnold Schwarzenegger film until it was surpassed by Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Until Terminator 3, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest movie. Better than Kindergarten Cop. Terminator 2. Last Action Hero. Jingle All the Way. Twins. Commando. Commando. They're... All his movies were bad. Fucking... He's not even the star in this one. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even the star. I'm starting to realize the genius that is Joel Schumacher. He can take a movie that, again, without spoiling anything, is um absolute trash. And uh, yeah, that didn't spoil anything. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. And make this much money at the time? Yeah, that's a lot of money for the 90s. Batman Forever wasn't well regarded as a movie. No, because it was directed by Joel Schumacher. And it was directed by Joel Schumacher. So, like, how were, how was America in the late 90s tricked to well, watch a Joel Schumacher Batman again? I think their biggest market wasn't even the U.S. Or North America, I should say. Well, that's, that's possible. Uh, so, the opening weekend um, gross was George Clooney's highest until Gravity in 2013. <laughs> Goddamn. It took until the 2010. <laughs> it took until the 2010s for George Clooney to beat out... <laughs> Batman and Robin. But... I bet he held that with everlasting shame. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. He's probably so thankful for gravity. But, to be fair, it did decline 63% in the second week, which uh, was credited to poor word of mouth and early competition <laughs> by Face Off, Hercules, and Men in Black. Hell yeah, Face Off. Uh, in the UK, it was the second highest opening behind... <laughs> ever. <laughs> behind Independence Day. Again. A <laughs> phenomenal movie. Yeah. As stupid as it is, a phenomenal well, it's movie. Like it the hit de facto blockbuster. It hit, yeah, it is the blockbuster. It's like the blockbuster that started like the 90s blockbuster. Yeah, movies. the 90s blockbuster. Yeah, wow, okay. Uh, the film went on to gross $107.3 million in the United States and Canada and $130.9 million internationally. So it made more money internationally. Right. It grossed substantially less than the previous film in the series. Finished outside of the top 10 films in 1997. Uh, production budget was of $125-160 million. Uh, the film considered to have underperformed at the box office. It still made fucking... Although it was estimated to have at least broke even. <laughs> Schumacher criticized prejudicial pre-release buzz. Hold on, that, that's not making sense to me because the production budget was $125-160 million. It, it made $238 million. A lot of the times, they doubled the budget for marketing. Oh, geez. And you know they marketed the shit. They marketed the crap out of this movie. Like we were saying with the serial. But to be fair, this this movie was not like... 
this movie is just an advertisement. So, so they sold the toys. I mean, that's where your bread and butter is. Yeah, that's strictly um, what they wanted to sell. And they sold some toys. So Warner Brothers acknowledged uh, Batman and Robin's shortcomings in the domestic market, uh, but pointed out its success in other markets in his book. Batman, The Complete History, uh, Les Daniels analyzed the film's relatively strong performance outside of the United States, and uh, he speculated that nuances of languages or personality were likely to be lost in translation. <laughs> An admittedly eye-popping spectacle seems sufficient. Explains the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, I'm guessing the ice puns from Mr. Freeze don't uh, translate well to Japanese audiences. The corniness. <laughs> yeah. So in the IMDb, 3.8 out of 261,000 reviews. Uh, it is not on the IBD, IMDb top 250, but at the time of this episode, it's actually at the number 116 on the bottom 250. Hell yes, I can't wait. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes got a 12% out of 95 critic reviews and a 16% out of 250,000 plus audience reviews. Wow, people really come out of the woodwork when they're upset with something. <laughs> it's a quarter of a million people. <laughs> <laughs> I reviewed this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 16%. <laughs> Just the insane crit 95 critics have reviewed it. That's quite a bit for critics. And uh, Metacritic, out of 21 critic reviews, 5.8 out of 1,045 ratings. Who the fuck votes this movie above average? I don't care if it's 0.8 above average. That's above average. Yeah, it got a higher Metacritic, which is weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, Metacritic's usually harsher. Yeah, but let's talk about its awards and nominations. So it got 10 wins. 22 nominations in the year of 2017-2018. So ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards said it's the top box office film. And it um, it was 2018 nominee, best best makeup. 2020 in 2018. Still winning awards. The kids what kids keep on coming. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed that was a typo in your script. No, that's correct. That's copy pasted. Blockbuster Entertainment Awards 1998. Uma Thurman and Chris O'Donnell for favorite sci-fi actress and supporting actor. Arnold was a runner-up. He was a runner-up to Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell won for favorite sci-fi supporting actor, man. Wow. And guess what? 1998 Kids' Choice Awards favorite movie actress Alicia Silverstone. Uma Thurman was runner-up. And 90, 1998 Yoga Awards Worst Foreign Actress, Alicia Silverstone. Is she foreign? No, I'm guessing the award is foreign. Uh, which ironically makes our domestic person foreign to them. Cool. Well, she was Worst Foreign Actress in Catalan in Spain. And uh, it won the 1997 Stinkers Band Movie Awards Worst Picture Overall, Worst Supporting Actress, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> worst scene, Worst Sense of Direction. <laughs> Stop them before they directly get Joel Schumacher and worst screenplay for a film grossing more than 100 million using Hollywood math. <laughs> <laughs> Writer Akiva Amazing. Goldsman. So, Arden, have you seen this movie before? I have. I've seen it once. Again, I was, I was nine at the time. Batman was all rage. And I remember being too... I've watched Batman Returns a billion times at, at this point. But it was creepy yeah. as a kid. Because you got like Danny DeVito being penguin, he's got like weird black blood coming out of his mouth. Black oil blood. And he dies and he falls face first with his like weird Danny DeVito body. It's a Tim Burton movie, right? And like, right. you're a kid watching a Tim Burton movie and you're like, I feel like this dude wants to fuck dead people. 
Hug me, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. You, you sense that, and it was. I remember liking Batman Forever because it was a little bit more kid friendly, and I was able to watch it and not like you know have also terrifying nightmares. But then like this movie came out, like George Clooney's gonna be Batman. This is gonna be amazing. I was all about it, and then I watch it. Even at nine, thought it was a little corny. Yeah, it's like yeah. Batman, Batman. I remember even then, like, so we've already alluded that this movie is like. Advertisements about selling all these toys. Yeah. I, I want us to keep track of how many times they give you a close up of oh. this chintzy ass looking Batman grappling hook. And oh. it's jarring. It's jarring. Because I remember Batman and Robin uh, surfing. That's this movie. Oh my god. It has an Escape from LA scene in it. Yeah. Not ironically. Okay. Yeah, this, this movie's trash. It's, oh, come on. You don't know that. Could be good. My nine-year-old brain thought a lot of trash was amazing. All right, so you want to hate it, is what you're saying. So I think it's cheesy. I'm I'm probably going to lean more towards hate if it had to be love or hate. Yes. And and I I, want to say for the record, you you can't have that many ice puns in this movie without it being cheesy. But it will be good cheese fest or rotten cheese? I think they leave you cold, Batman. Can't wait. It's nice to be back, Batman. Oh, no, dude. All right, so out of five stars, <coughs> what would you get right now based on your horrible memories of this trash film? One. One, okay. Can I give it zero? Is that like a thing? Sure. I'm going to give it zero. Because unlike unlike some bad movies that are somewhat pleasurable to watch, I do not think this is going to happen. You don't think it's going to be fun bad? I don't think it's going to be fun bad. Okay. I think it's going to be bad bad. I think the lines are going to be cringy. I think it's... Plot's going to be nonsense. Yeah. George I'll give Clinton. it a 1.5 stars. Yeah. Were you going to say George Clinton? Oh, he's winking at the camera constantly. I he's like the opposite movie. of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage would do that role, even in that movie in that same setting, and he'd be fucking Bruce Wayne. But he has this air that he's too good for it. Like, there's, like there's... That's what happens when your name's Sexiest Man Alive. You stop trying. Yeah, and I, I just have this memory where he just drop, drops down in front of Mr. Freeze. And he just looks at him glibly and goes, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Yeah. That's also in the script, probably. Uh, yeah, but the delivery is... Nicholas Cage just said, Hi, Freeze. Yeah. I'm Batman. Yeah. yeah, something. Something. Something there. Better ways to yeah. deliver that line. That... Batman shouldn't be glib. For a man with nipples on his costume, he's very glib. Oh, f- I forgot they have nipples on the costume. Was that this one that they introduced that? Probably. I think it was. This movie's got it all. I forgot. Yeah. There is an interview, I think, that exists. This might be a rumor. I haven't had a chance to fact check it or anything. But way later, George Clooney is like, yeah, I played Batman gay. Yes, I think you're right. And weird, because, like, who would be Batman's gay love interest? Alicia Silverstone. Would it be the child that he raised and groomed? Of course. After his parents were brutally murdered? Ambiguous the gay duo. 90s loved that kind of joke. I, I get that, like, he can play Batman gay and he's not attracted to Robin, but I mean... Right, if you're gonna say like... He could be into Mr. Freeze. That's yes, why he says... Hey, yes, I agree with that, but... I'm Batman. Mm, 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 there's a weird relationship between him and Robin in this movie. Let me heat you up. There is nice a man. weird... There is... 
they have a disagreement in this movie and they like break up. They oh, break up. Yeah, there's a breakup scene. There is. Which again, not problematic if he just met Robin. Is problematic because he met Robin when he was 12 and took him into his home. Yeah. And put him in tights and taught him karate. You know, I'm, not, I'm gonna give Mr. Schumacher a pass here and say he didn't intend that. That's not Schumacher's fault. Yeah. If you're an actor and you're like, I, I decide I'm gonna take the liberties and play like this character gay, that's one thing. But I think you have to take like the entire script and be like, if I play this character gay, what's the connotation? It's a little weird. It is weird. I think he probably just made that up in an interview years later. I think he made that He's up. He's probably trying to distance himself. Also, use your fucking brain. Yeah. When you say that and what that means. That's a thing. Like, 97, like, being homosexual and gay was, like, kind of a taboo now. Yeah, Still, oh, definitely. Like, a big taboo. Well, it was a joke like, back then. Yeah, like, you know, not proud to admit it, we would use the F word in high school. Oh, yeah. We, we wouldn't really think twice about it, like, as part of the vernacular. Right. Right? It's, it's all yeah. through it. It's a bunch of homophobia. So, I mean, to just kind of casually throw it out there without thinking of the implications kind of did the gay community a disservice. Oh, yeah, because he's saying a joke, most likely. He's like, yeah, he's like saying it as a joke, or maybe he's saying it sincere, and then it, it makes the it's rest of the population at a time where, like, being gay is not necessarily a good thing, and it makes Batman seem like being gay is being a pedophile. Yeah, George Clooney sucks, dude. Honestly, yes, he sucks. The best thing about him is his wife, Amal Clooney. Who's his wife? His, you don't know who his wife is? No. His wife's infinitely cooler than him, and because she's not, like, an actor, she doesn't get, like, the cred. Uh-huh. But she's, like, an international um, war criminal lawyer. Oh, like she prosec- I'm glad you added lawyer to the end of that. She prosecutes, like, Gaddafi and shit. Oh, prosecutes, yeah. That's yeah. another thing. Not defending Gaddafi. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... She's no. an international war criminal. She defends Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> also would make her infinitely cooler than Clooney. Oh, what a... Clooney acts in bad movies. Name a good Clooney movie other than Ocean's Eleven. Bad I'm not defending George Clooney. He's homophobic. Yeah, fuck George Clooney. Fuck George Clooney. Let's see, what would you give it out of 100-somethings? How about 100 ice ones? Well, that's the thing you picked. Okay, so out of 100 I ice ones, I'll give it... <laughs> I will give it 10 plant-based puns because uh, Arnold nice. gets a lot of props for having the ice puns. I don't remember any plant-based puns, but I guarantee Poison it. Ivy makes at least 10. I don't mean to leave you on the vine, Batman. Yeah, dude. Did you just make that up? I did. Yeah. It's in there. Poison and plant puns. You got it. So how about we watch the theatrical trailer to see what got all the kids so hyped to watch Batman and Robin in 1997, folks? Alright. <laughs> My name is Freeze, and it well. This is the way the world could end. Then, I have a combination of mentions. I am Venison. I Freeze, I'm Batman. There you go! <laughs> Love, boys. There's a storm coming. Kill the heroes! Kill the heroes. It's the hockey team from hell! Oh my god, Mr. Freeze has his own putty soldiers. <laughs> Alright, everyone, chill. Nice. George Clooney. I know you catch a wild night. Good night. Wild doesn't, doesn't quite cover it. Good night. I want a car. Kicks dig the car. 
This is why Superman works alone. That's the universe. So many yeah. people to kill. So many times. Alicia Silverstone. And you are? Batgirl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person? Found the Batcave. She knows who we are. I guess we just have to kill her. Yep. Like she cares about this. Right, because Poison Ivy can't be strong enough herself. She needs like a muscle-bound man. man. It is the 90s. Which does Bane a disservice, because Bane's like a war smart. smart. Yeah, Bane's incredibly smart. Ewan McKellen? That wasn't Ewan McKellen. <laughs> you were joking with me. Alright, well. Your opinion changed at all after seeing that fantastic trailer? No, it's literally confirmed everything that I said. <laughs> Some words quoted. <laughs> I feel like this movie's burned into your memory. So I guess it did something right. Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. That was pretty good. It's incredibly good. <laughs> like, he's stopping Freeze from, like, freezing the Gotham Metropolitan Museum. He's killing people. He's like, killing. He's probably killing people. Had already killed then, people. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. I Batman. I've just killed a room full of people. You want to take this more seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay too. God. Yeah, I, I've seen Clooney at well. I don't know, maybe he's just a bad actor because he's kind of glib in Ocean's Eleven. Well, yeah, that's his whole he's thing. He's glib in all his movies. I think that's his acting. You know how Keanu Reeves and stuff like knows his limits as an actor, so he picks roles that are suited for his acting style, same with Tom Cruise? I think George Clooney will only pick glib characters to play. Well, he won't because he picked Batman. <laughs> the terror of the night. I guess, I guess half of that character, Bruce Wayne. I, uh, Bruce Wayne isn't glib? He acts like he's glib and he doesn't care. But that's the thing. In in the animated series where he's probably his most glib, the actor, um, Kevin Conroy, yeah. best Batman ever to be Batman. Oh, of course. Uh, R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. But second best is Bob Batts. Okay, continue. Wrong. But he um he plays it so you know that he's pretending to be glib. Yeah. Because he's trying to play the role of this billionaire playboy that he is not. You know George Clooney can't do that. No, he can't. Which <laughs> is why I'm starting to realize, like, despite him being an A-lister, he actually has very little depth as an actor. Yeah. I'm just learning this real time. So thank you, Joel Schumacher, for revealing how awful revealing George Clooney how ass George Clooney is in acting. He can pick one role, which is like glib asshole. We have a lot to think. Joel Schumacher for us. Astronaut? Is he living that? I haven't seen Gravity. So look, I guess we're floating to our deaths. <laughs> Hi, Death. I'm Astronaut. <laughs> Hi, Earth. <laughs> this is a Will Smith. I'm Earth. Good. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, how about we uh, watch the movie? Let's do it. Da -da 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 -da. Da -da 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 Seriously though, you want to just like watch an episode of Batman the Animated Series? It's the Batman. Batman. No, that's not fair. Have you seen the episode Almost Got Him, where it's all the Batman villains? Um, Joker, Penguin, Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, and um, maybe Mad Hatter are all in like the CD bar and they're playing poker. And they're yes. recounting their stories where they almost got Batman. I love that. It is yeah. such a good story. You know, they all have these in-depth 
stories about how they almost got banned yeah, in these like plans. And Killer Croc's like, so I was there and he was in the sewer looking for me. And then what happened? He's like, I threw a rock at him. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get him? Did he kill Batman? No, because um, twist. Freeze. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger again. Spoiler warning for this Batman cartoon. Killer Croc is actually Batman. Batman, his Mission Impossible style, like, put Killer Croc's mutant um, face on his Ooh. head and mask. Is Batman that built? I know he's stacked. He's ripped. But To be fair, Killer Croc in the animated series is kind of just like a big guy. For you. So, yeah, it turns out that this is a sting Batman has put on to round up all this, the remaining supervillains. Spoiler like warning. Yeah, spoiler warning if you haven't seen this show from 1997. Um, Batman, kill these people. Do the city a justice. Do the city some real justice. Honestly, that's the only way he can be effective, but I don't want to spoil my ideas on the remaining segments. That would break his code, man. He's supposed to be a being of sheer fucking will, not sheer fucking impotence. Well, it's not Batman's fault, is it? It's our criminal justice system. You think after this much recidivism, Wake up, sheeple. Find a better city. Gotham sucks. Find a better method. You should be the officer. You would need batarangs and jets. You just buy a gun. Oh, God. <laughs> That's getting real shady. It's already shady enough that he's a billionaire. He goes out at night and beats up a bunch of poor, criminally insane people. It's even worse if he puts on the Punisher just as like a thin blue line. Uh, so the 80-20 principle of business is like 20% effort that's going to reveal you 80% results. I get that you're saying like, well, it's kind of going off the deep end for him to like just start black blatting people that he suspects of like mugging. But maybe black blat the Joker, Poison Ivy, Penguin, Killer Croc, Mad Hatter, all these supervillains, right? Who keep like, you know, Joker gets free... Like, in, in a weekend, like, poisons the town's water supply, killing thousands. Like, yeah. kill him! And then maybe forget all the petty criminals and just, like, ice the supervillains. Yeah. And maybe he does better than he ever did as Batman with his coat. Then I think the problem is he gets addicted to it and then he can't stop himself. He just kills everybody. Because it feels good. <laughs> he can get away with anything. Then he realizes, I'm a billionaire, and I can also screw people over that way. Ah, uh, Batman's got his coat. He just needs to alter it just a tiny bit. Who would just start screwing people over? You just kill them. Only if you did a crime. Yeah, just obey, or I kill you. That's it. Yeah. Obey the law? He's not like, do whatever I want. He's like, don't rob banks. Were you selling marijuana cigarettes on the street corner? That's a crime, bucko. Jaywalking. That's a crime? Yeah. Baby? Be like that. Who's the guy in the wire? Who's the Batman of the wire? Oh, Omar. Jump out of window and break his leg. Omar was a billionaire. <laughs> oh, no. Bob Bats jumps out of window and breaks his leg. No. Bob Bats is the best It's Batman. the most hilarious Batman scene I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Riding on the edge of being able to control his bat suit. <laughs> and like slams into Magic a bridge. Into a bridge. <laughs> Hurt, Breaks all his bones. <laughs> <laughs> so bad at this. Cops drive over and put his battered corpse into an EMS unit <laughs> and take him to the hospital. They had no new bed. God, I can't. Bob Bats, too. Yeah, we got Bruce Wayne and 
You did one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sucks at it. <laughs> he's pretty he's incredible condition. <laughs> That's a dumb thing. Like, that movie... Well, I remember at a certain point getting fed up with how many times Batman <laughs> just using the front fucking door. I love that character in Gad. Batman literally knocks on the door and do love the inside time of Penguin. And they're like, oh yeah, they open the door and instantly shoot him in the chest with shotguns. <laughs> to be fair, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne probably does not sleep ever. So he is probably like 72 hours straight, no sleep, just fuck, dude. <laughs> I'll just knock. <laughs> When you see Bruce Wayne in that movie, it looks like he hasn't slept. It's because Robert Pattinson's playing him. <laughs> I mean, they literally picked a dude, like, who looks like a vampire? What's <laughs> <laughs> this guy? You know what? He could also be Batman. Vampires? Bats? It makes sense. What did Bob Bats do that was cool in that movie? Punch dudes? He was did he the punch dudes? He was the shadows. How was he the shadows? He was vengeance. More than Batman Begins? Anyways, uh, are we still recording? Well, watch the movie watch at some point. We should watch Seal's Kiss from a Rose and just review that instead. Yeah. It'll be like our own Plinkett version of Baby's Day Out. <laughs> <laughs>
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And then car gawking at the Batmobile like it's the first time they ever saw. Because it's the first time we've ever seen, you know, this toy that's going to be released shortly. Yeah. Even, like, Robin's like, holy crap, I buy that toy. Yeah. <laughs> Kids did it, the car toy. Yeah. <laughs> then a hatch opens because after Batman drives off in the Batmobile, Robin has his own Robin motorcycle. But it has, like, its own shell that opens with the Robin symbol inside the shell. Like, an, like a neon sign of the Robin symbol. And it's huge. It's Batman's huge in the branding. Yeah. Because Hasbro is big in the branding. Right. You know that was a toy. You know that was a toy. Oh, wow. So why even do this? The Batman and Robin toys are completely unrelated to the movies. <laughs> it's like the animated series. Arden looked up online toys from this movie. And they are... Uh, not representative of the movie. No! Since when did Batgirl shoot a fucking double-bladed axe at her enemies? <laughs> they should all just have grappling hooks. That's all they use in the movie. Oh um, my goodness. There is no way they did not make a toy. There's no excuse. Of the motorcycle? No, of the grappling hook. And what that means is that all those grappling hook scenes, a collection of Joel Schumacher's horrible filmmaking. I would have assumed that some like head from Mattel was like, well, you need at least 30 shots of our new grappling hook toy. And then they just didn't make it. So now they had to make a horrible movie and then they didn't make the toy. The bean counters were like, okay, just like grappling hooks. The demographics are clear. And then after the movie, they're like, we missed a decimal. We're not gonna sell any grappling hook toys. In fact, we're not going to make it based on the movie at all. Well, my movie doesn't make the runtime without my grappling hook scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're leaving all 30 of them in there. <laughs> so next, what happens is Alfred holds back some cringe damage. He's like, oh, that was so lame. That's what it looks like. You don't read that Alfred's in pain. No, it looks like he's like, oh. Yeah, you know? maybe it's just a modern audience. Maybe we didn't understand the concept of like cringe damage in the '90s, but it, it looks like he's he's just real disappointed <laughs> at what where the Cape Crusader has come to. And he's rightfully so because the next thing we see is Batman and Robin grinding like at each other. Well, they don't show that. <laughs> they're grinding like Sonic the Hedgehog because uh, Mr. Freeze is attacking a museum to steal a diamond mm -hmm. with a bunch of hockey goons. And Batman and Robin whip out their bat skates, fight the hockey villains. Yeah. This movie's a lot more campy than the last three. More campy than Tommy Lee Jones and... Somehow Riddler. it tops Jim Carrey and his buffoonery that Tommy Lee Jones could not sing to. Wow. You heard that quote, right? No. Apparently in Batman Forever, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is two-faced. Right. Jim Carrey's Joker, not Joker, he's Riddler. And so... He's Nerdy Joker. He's Nerdy Joker. So Tommy Jones is sitting at some restaurant trying to enjoy himself, have a nice dinner. Jim Carrey and his posse waltz in, and he's Jim Carrey in the 90s at his most zane. And he's like, Whoa. And he walks up and he's like, I'm gonna eat dinner with Tommy Lee Jones! Come on, guys! And then Tommy Lee Jones pulls him aside and he says, Jim, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. It's <laughs> amazing. He apparently could not stand Jim Carrey. Jim? This is no country for old man. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Jesus, I mean, honestly, I think Jim Carrey was, like, a perfect, like, right place, right time kind of dude. Like, I watch his stuff now, like, his zany, like, comedy stuff, and just, like, it does not land anymore. Yeah. It's dated. This comedy isn't funny. We've never seen that before at the time, but now it's yeah, too I mean, much. Oh, yeah, it's not common now. It's just, yeah. it's, it's not funny. It's just, like, it's, like, wacky. It was the same reason Adam Sandler could be funny. Adam Sandler isn't funny now. I'd like to think the general populace does not find him funny anymore. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back in the Happy Madison, or no, Happy Gilmore and uh, Billy Madison days, like, everybody thought it was funny. Yeah. Everyone thought the Jews song was hilarious, and it's literally him just saying, like, not funny things. Yeah. In, like, a silly voice. Yeah, that's a perfect Adam Sandler impression. <laughs> so, I mean, Jim, Jim Cherry's kind of on that same level at this point. Fight me, I said it. Somehow, this movie tops it with being ludicrous. Yeah. Next, Freeze just kind of bops Batman on the head. He knocks him down. There's oh, yeah. Inconsistent damage power levels in this movie. Right. Freeze is just manhandling <coughs> Batman, and he doesn't even... He doesn't he act even, like he's a threat. Yeah, he'll, like, knock Batman down. He's trapped in a rocket ship with Batman. That's his escape vehicle, not a van. No, it's not his route. It's not his escape vehicle. It's his plan to kill Batman. It's his plan to kill Batman, and then apparently ICBM Gotham City. Yeah. So he wanted to get in this rocket to fly up into space to freeze Batman. So we can make a pun. Deep cold of space, Batman. Yeah, that, which isn't even a pun. He's like, in space, your heart will freeze, Batman. Like, yeah, prob probably. Yeah. It'll be cold up there, sure. So, but he he knocks Batman over, and then he like continues like fussing with his controls. He knows Batman's with not his dead. joysticks, yeah. yeah, or or restrained in any way. He's just he just effortlessly just like punches him, and he falls over. And he just does that. What's crazy to me is he has this elaborate scheme to bring Batman into space in a in a rocket ship in order to freeze Batman. It'd be you know, real convenient if Mr. Freeze had some other item in his possession that he like used to freeze, to freeze people. Moments earlier. Like a freeze gun. He had it there! <laughs> he had it there! He had it on him! It was with him! Mr. Freeze decides the best course of action now is to jump out of the rocket ship so that he can jet pack away, leaving Batman and Robin trapped on the rocket so Batman and Robin have to escape. So they use a bat heat ray? Yeah. And that bomb, I guess, to blow up the rocket before it smashes into Gotham. And then they sky surf away, and Robin literally says cowabunga. He says cowabunga. He, he apes the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Why? Who is that for? It's for... Toys? Kids? Did the kids say cowabunga was cool? It's a reference? I always thought Cowabunga was like it's something that adults surf. kids thought were cool. Yeah. Surfers didn't say Cowabunga. I think you're right with the adults thought that surfers said certain things. And then the Ninja Turtles did it because they were already kind of making fun of stereotypes. Right. I have never seen, and, and I was a child in the 90s, I have never seen someone go Cowabunga, dude. You just didn't know enough rad people. I guess not. I guess I was late. You didn't know Robin. Robin's a cool dude because he gets frozen solid. He just jumps point blank <laughs> at Mr. Freeze as he's pointing his freeze ray at him. He's reckless. He gets frozen because he's reckless. And Batman has to save him by dunking him in water using the bat laser to heat up the water. Like a chicken breast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I guess never mind that when cells freeze, they burst and stuff like that. And he just, Robin immediately is like, did we get him? Yeah. Boing. Next, we're in Lightning Jungles of Jumanji. Yeah, Uma Thurman's doing experiments. She's not doing the experiment. She's yes. assisted to a mad scientist. Actually a mad scientist. And somehow this is something that was sanctioned by Wayne Enterprises. She's in a castle in the middle of the South American jungle. It looks like something out of Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, it's some giant creepy mansion on a cliff with lightning. And a- I, I guess we'll, we'll point it out now just for the viewers, because I'm sure there's some people who are watching and say like you guys don't get it like he's trying to be he's trying to do the candy 60s like adam west style comic book batman right we get that but he has to stay within the style of the franchise he's in which is the creepy tim Burton franchise right he's mixing the two the tone isn't landing yeah I get that's what he's going for. He is not he's trying, executing he's trying at all. Like, like you were saying before, with the audience, just like Jim Carrey's humor doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Adam West stuff just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think. Did anyone ask for that? Not, not like actually ask for that, but was there, was there ever a climate where you would think in the 90s, like, we're going to bring back 60s? Yeah. No. I can't think of it, because I remember as a kid, I was like, this is corny. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that everyone loved about Tim Burton's Batman was dark time, and edgy at the time. At the time, for a superhero property, it was like the darkest, most realistic, edgy thing. Yeah, watching it now, it's campy as hell. Yeah. But then it wasn't. No. Now, I I just remember the scene where Batman's stressed about telling his girlfriend that it's Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. He's gonna do it with hopes that like this like seals the deal for him getting laid tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Identity. Michael Keaton's Batman <laughs> is still the most unhinged Batman. <laughs> I want to see the new movie with him as it because I just want to see if he's just as reckless with his identity and everything else. <laughs> but anyhow, yes, Uma Thurman. She's a nerdy assistant to a mad, a literal mad scientist. He has a Frankenstein table where he has some kind of skinny felon guy. Straps him up with his goons and puts a luchador mask on him. And he has beakers that say, and he says, It's okay to scream now. <laughs> Lightning strike and he injects him with the. Does. I, I'm not gonna lie, I like the delivery of that line. The, the corny That stuff. actor is good. Yeah. I, I forget what his name is. That actor is really good. He plays Lex Luthor's dad in the Smallville television series, oh, really? and that's what I remember him from. Yeah. Plus Lionel Luther. like, it's okay to scream now. <laughs> he just yeah, yeah. turns it on. <laughs> but yeah, he turns it on, and we got like balloony muscles come up, and we got dumbest version of Bane you could have. Yeah, this is far from Tom Hardy's Bane. The comics. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> no, it is. Basically, Pokemon level intelligence. It's Some worse than po- Pokemon can be smart. If, if Pikachu understands that you're sad, I don't know what Bane does. <laughs> Watching on at this mad scientist experiment is the world's dictator stereotype, and then he kills like two of them. But the mad scientist is gleeful, of course, because he's a mad scientist. My creation is... And it shows how good his creation is. He's going to sell it to the other people. Yeah. I'm fine with that. We don't know that they're dead. Not like Bane, like, hammer blows their heads into canoes or anything. More on that later. <laughs> but, Foreshadowing. <laughs> but Uma Thurman isn't happy about it. She's like, I don't want military applications. 
I didn't know you were gonna do- I didn't know you were a mad scientist somehow, I didn't know that. And I'm going to turn you into the authority. Which, I- you know, it's kind of weird, because like, her- she- Uma Thurman does an initial rant about how like, humans are destroying the planet, and the world would be better off without humans, and we, we need these plants, and mother nature should prevail. Yada yada yada. At this stage, she's you already know she's poison ivy. So it sounds like she's kind of on board with anything that's kind of fuck humans. And then this happens. It, it's a little jarring that she's all of a sudden like, "You are gonna work with war criminals." <laughs> I hate the idea of people killing people. She should love that. And it sounds. And I get that maybe if she was normal, she wouldn't. But it didn't sound like she was normal. She's probably an inhibition. She's thing. like raving like a stark lunatic in the well, the first time you meet her. Yeah. Even before that. Oh, and also there's the weird, like, sexual thing between the mad scientist and her. Alright, so yeah, mad scientist wants to get it on, but she's like, Ew. Yeah, no, I just told you I hate you because yeah. you don't stand for plants. Also, I'd rather fuck plants. So he's like, I don't take rejection well. So he pushes a beaker table over onto her, and all kinds of chemicals pour on her. He says, I'm afraid I don't take rejection well, so I guess you'll have to die. Yeah. <laughs> He has good camp. The, the villains here, at least Nicholas Cage style, delivers their camp without winking at the camera, save for George Clooney. Fuck that guy. More on it later. <laughs> um, Chris O'Donnell. He's just a bad actor. And Alicia Silverstone. She's just a bad actor. But George Clooney. This movie has solidified how horrible George Clooney as an actor is. And he has just failed up his entire life. And he has failed up because he's... Objectively. Objectively. Like, he's the counterpart to Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like, as far as attractiveness. Like, the dude is just good looking and he has failed up his entire life because he can't act for beans. He's an awful actor. You don't think he could act for beans? I think he could act for a can of beans. For maybe one can of <laughs> I don't know. If I said, like, do me a good Edmond Dantes, I'd be like, why are you smirking ass? And I'd drive off. I'll give you a can of beans for something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, cut back to Batman and Robin. <laughs> They're watching Freeze's backstory. He's a, so he's a normal man, scientist in a lab coat, aside from being out of force Um Oh yeah. No, they, they also mentioned he's a decathlon athlete. They did mention that? They, they explained why he's a British house. house yeah. Which, he could just like, wanna be athletic, but they have to add it. Yeah. Cause this is back in the 90s, like, <laughs> you can't be smart and strong, that doesn't make sense. Well to be fair, he is Mr. Lumpkin Dick. I mean, I, I think people who become the tops of their fields are probably very, like, driven people who also, if they want to be healthy, will take that to the max. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people who are like that are sociopaths. Yeah. So... But um, we have to be like, he's also an Olympian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just impressed that they actually said that. explain his muscles. Yeah, they do say it. But anyway, it explains... I don't know how they have this footage, or why somebody's recording it. But anyway, he's... With his sick wife... Who is in like cryostasis? It's basically showing his tragic backstory. If you've seen the cartoon or anything, you know that his wife has a rare syndrome that means she has to be cryogenically frozen. I would I would wager that Mr. Freeze is probably the most known backstory of all the Batman villains. I think yeah. most regular people would know Mr. Freeze's backstory if you asked them. Crazy because it's not even like the animated series thing. Yeah, the animated series is what made him a legitimate serious villain. Yeah. Before he's like, ah, I'm a freeze ray. Right. <laughs> 
And he had like, he wore a fur coat. Goggles. <laughs> and a lot of Batman's villains have like, mixed backstory. This is the only one is, that is one state the same, and it's, I think, compelling enough that... Yeah, so his story is, his wife's dropped him, he froze him, she's sick, and then he stumbles into poorly OSHA-regulated facilities cryo-liquid. Yeah, they fail on that one. Because I think in the animated series, what happens is his funding is cut by someone else. But in this, you just... He has this vat of cryogenic liquid. For some reason, his computers are on a suspended <laughs> level. That's... He has a, okay, he has this tank filled with this cryo-liquid. Yeah. That is, it's fancier looking, but think of the height of an above-ground pool. Yeah, yeah. And then he has stairs that go up to the edge. There's a I'm catwalk. Like, oh, catwalk. For some reason. <laughs> for right some reason. It. Which is where his main computer station is. With no railing. <laughs> no railing. Right in front of the fucking pool. <laughs> and then... Somebody needs a banana peel. Well, he kind of falls backwards. It just was like... <laughs> and he falls in it. He has the Arnold voice. He does. For some reason. It's supposed to be, like, just surveillance footage. But it still has the... They explain why he's in the brickshed house, but they don't bother to explain. Like, he's also Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> they know the audience knows he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and for some reason, all suspended artists believe that he has that goofy accent. I didn't question it. Yeah. He could be a twin to Danny DeVito, and you're like, yeah, he's got the accent. They're twins. <laughs> now he's Mr. Fritz. Yeah. He has a cryo suit. He has to have the cryogenic suit oh. to keep him alive. And interesting take on this, so Mr. Freeze is trying to steal a diamond. Yeah, his cryogenic suit in this movie runs on diamonds. Because apparently his suit like yeah. uses lasers that refract through the diamonds. That's what cools the suit. Which is why you keep seeing pouring like little diamonds. It's oh. like the suit. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I like this movie the more we talk about it. you. <laughs> <laughs> So back to Poison Ivy, Uma Thurman at least commits to the bit. So she is going hard, like you said. She's the best out of all of them. Like it, yes, and like you said, it's like Nicolas Cage. Even if it's a terrible role, terrible script, he'll still go give it his all. Yeah, he will 100% do it with all seriousness. He will never wink or, in this case, smirk at the camera. It's not like this is too silly for me. Mm -hmm. I'm above this. She, she she understood the assignment. She's right. like, this is campy, 50s-style Batman. She even talks in a... I don't know if you noticed this. She talks in, like, a 50s dame, like, exactly. radio voice. Yeah, 100%. Not like a femme fatale voice, but like a, like a radio voice, almost. How are you doing, on, big boy? Yeah! <laughs> Here, we cut back to the, the mad scientist lair, and the goo has enveloped her, and she rises out of the ground with cheesy effects, of course. And of course. she is now... Poison Ivy. And, and this is a running theme in this movie. She, she sees the mad scientist, she's like, Ashley, I love you, and I'd love to kiss you. Dudes are, um, you're hot. Dudes are just like, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, this guy was trying to get it in before. But. That's true, but I mean, it even works on the Batman. And George Clooney said he was trying to play him gay, so I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Which meant he failed at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she sees, after she kills Mad Scientist, because her kiss is poison, she says, Don't you know, big boy? I'm poison. And she finds a Wayne Enterprises beaker, and then Bane screams. Oh, yeah. They have the same scene. <laughs> they they use the same the same shot of when Bane makes his, like, first, his first reveal that he's a fully muscled on Bane. He just... Has his arms in the strong man's pose, his arms like curled. Baby. <laughs> and then 
So you have like four seeds. Like Bat you go you have a scene where like Batman and Alfred are talking and doing some shit. And then like Poison Ivy dies. And then you go back to Batman. And then you come to this scene. This scene ends, and then it just gives you a shot of Bane. That same shot where he's Bane! <laughs> so you feel like he's just been down there this whole time. Just shouting the whole time. And his intellect is to the level where like yeah. your brain thinks like maybe he was. I don't know. Did he eat? He gets nothing. Pumped into his brain now. He, yeah, we'll find out later that he's constantly being pumped for fish. Constantly, 100%. So next we cut to Freeze, and he's in a corny ice cream shop watching like a literal Christmas movie. Yeah, and he's watching. Um, yeah, it's it's the two. You have I Mr. Snow. The, uh, you have Heat Miser. What's the cold guy? Jack yeah, Frost. Cold Miser. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cold, very cold. Whatever the song is. I'm Mr. Cold Miser. I'm Mr. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Tendalo. <laughs> yeah. Then he's trying to conduct it, sing along. He's trying to get his goons to sing along. He's like, Who are fucking freezing? Because <laughs> he's like in a bathrobe. He's like, Zing, Zing, now Zing. And they're all shaking. They have like uh, cafeteria trays, like a high school cab. <laughs> But they're in complete blocks of ice, and they're like trying to shake their food out. <laughs> Fucking miserable. I don't know why they're following this man. There's plenty of games as we see. It's later. never made clear that he's paying them. <laughs> I guess in Gotham you just have to join the game. You are worse. <laughs> the power Batman is so screwed up. The power dynamic either you're Robin or you join a gang. Yeah, that's what it's like when you're young. Join some super villains gang. That's yeah. Some sexy chick walks up and she's trying to flirt with the freeze. He says, I only have eyes for my wife or something. Right, which is cool. It sets up. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry. That scene was not cool. But I get, again, I get what Joel Schumacher's doing. He's trying to be like, freeze is really driven for this is his loved one. Yeah, motivation. But also, she's his henchman, and she's dressed like a Playboy bunny. She's like in a blue nighty with thigh high stockings, and you said she's dressed like a hooker. She's dressed like a hooker. Because she is. She's like a uh, an Alaska hooker, I guess. Yeah, she's like an Alaska hooker. She's his like henchman. A... Like she's the, he's the one who's like, this is your uniform. Yeah, you're the one that does the theming. Clearly, <laughs> everyone else is in the hockey gear. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I get where Joel Schumacher was going. Again, he missed the mark as to how he wouldn't have hired that woman. Or he would have hired her and just put her in a hockey gear like the rest of the henchmen. We will find out in trivia later that Joel Schumacher is an idiot. In retrospect, I'm a bad filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I have one good idea left, and that's for a phone booth movie with Colin Farrell, who would probably be a good penguin someday. But He's not a good penguin. Everything in that movie is bad. Okay. I wish I got okay, to that. Okay, fine. Okay. We're not going to go back, though. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so next, Alicia Silverstone appears for the first time. She visits Wayne Manor looking for her Uncle Alfred. So later she puts on a rebellious leather jacket mm -hmm. and sneaks into a garage to steal a motorcycle. So I guess she's from Oxford. Yeah. Honestly, everything with that Alicia Silverstone is in is quite honestly pretty forgettable. She gives the worst delivery of her lines. There's a reason why she doesn't appear too much in the movie. What, she's too clueless? We'll find out in the trivia section. Perfect. Stay tuned. The next Uma Thurman is being driven by Bane. Some reasons in a disguise. Still wearing boots right now. Yeah, he's in a stupid trench coat and hat, like, I don't know. He's 
like tired for Resident Evil. Yeah, Mr. X. Mr. X, sorry. And, but with a luchador mask. So it it hoses of green venom coming from his back yeah. the back of his head. And Uma Thurman's even wearing a disguise, which she doesn't need to. Because she still looks like Uma Thurman. She still looks like a person. She doesn't yeah. need to wear a disguise. Her hair is red. That's the only difference. And she puts on a wig. Yeah. And the green stuff and the stuff she puts on her eyes, that's clearly not part of her body because right. she can take it off. She can take it off. She does frequently. Yeah. She's in a different outfit every time. Like, yeah. I don't know. I have looked up the toys, and there is a complete lack of toys that one-for-one one matches movie. So the other reason that Uma Thurman changes her clothes, and it's probably the more accurate reason, is because studio executives are like, or the ladies gonna like in this movie? Different outfits. We're gonna put Uma, we're gonna put Poison Ivy in different outfits. But she's in a lot. She, she's in a different outfit every every single scene. She's in a different oh my outfit. god, you're right. That's exactly what they did with Phantom Menace. They did, and that's what they did in this. Women like clothes. They don't like hairstyles. like to change your clothes. They, don't women got a lot of shoes? Don't women change their clothes a lot? Don't they take a long time to get ready? That's women. Don't they get turned around by a man, even if that big is the intellect <laughs> of a fucking goldfish? That man probably can't drive because he's stupid. Yeah, Bane's fucking driving! Oh my god! Can you imagine Bane like handling a four-way stop? This thing? <laughs> yeah, this thing. I can figure it. Bane! <laughs> <laughs> punching the wheel. Oh, Rip it off. Up to a few minutes later, he's impaled through the sternum. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But anyway, she's driving <laughs> to a press junket where Bruce Wayne is at for a satellite array. That's gonna be launched, and a news reporter oversteps his bounds, and he's like, When are you two gonna get married? You've been together for a while now. Men and women are supposed to get married. And and George Clooney gives straight up the same performance that a five-year-old would do if they were told to act flustered. He goes like, well, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I, um, uh, I don't, I'll, I'm not paraphrasing, by the way, no, this literally. is an accurate impersonation. He goes, I, I don't, oh, uh, ooh. honey, can you help me out? Bruce, you and the exquisite Julie Madison have been going out forever. Are you going to tie the knot? Uh, marriage? Uh, uh, marriage. Uh, uh, you want to give me a hand here? He's dying Bruce Wayne gay. That's what he thinks it is. Those scenes have kind of felt like that. So Poison Ivy, she interrupts, disguised as herself. That's a difficult character. Not even disguised because she just introduced, she introduces she herself as like, as herself. I'm Dr. Isley. Who is what I am. <laughs> Who is my actual identity. Literally more me than Poison Ivy. I'm in your employee roster. <laughs> <laughs> you have my social security number. <laughs> Anyway, she has a big, thick book proposal, <laughs> over 50 pages, and Bruce Wayne glances at the front of it, he's like, I reject this outright and publicly humiliate you. To be fair, he does tell her it's a good idea, but also what are we going to do when we, uh, well he says you're going to eliminate all my corporations because you don't like a carbon footprint, but, uh, a lot of, it, he doesn't say it in those terms, but he's saying, like, if, that's what she's asking him to do. And then he says, like, well, my corporations also provide a lot of people food and a lot of people jobs, so what What do you do for those people? You're going to leave, like, half, you know, 200,000 people homeless? Oh, good. I'm actually on her side on this one. 
So many jobs. Fuck them. Fuck those playing, dude. Seriously. Anyhow, freeze. Excellent. Well, your intentions are noble, but no diesel fuel for heat, no coolants to preserve food. Millions of people would die of cold and hunger alone. Acceptable losses in the battle to save the planet. People come first, Dr. Eisen. Good, I, hope, I wish she kissed him right there. <laughs> also, that's probably her turning point. I don't know if she killed that scientist, but I guess she was trying the legal way. She was. Public humiliation broke her mind. Bruce Wayne. She didn't act like she was publicly humiliated. She acted kind of like, well, I tried that, that didn't work. So I'll try it the other way. She didn't. <laughs> she does tell everybody, like, what will you do with the plants who are been on this earth longer than you, murder you? Yeah. And everyone at the Ford race is like, my word. Mammals. A day of reckoning is coming. That's right. The same plants and flowers that saw you crawl from the primordial soup will reclaim this planet, and there will be no one to protect you. <laughs> you, you must be new in town. In Gotham City, Batman and Robin protect us, even from plants and flowers. <laughs> There's a lot of fundraisers and galas in this movie where everyone's like in black tie affair clothing. There's at least two. Like that, was that thing oh, there's the three. There's three in this. Three. There's three. There's three. So, Freeze watches <coughs> home movies again, and a goon interrupts him because important news. But Freeze hates it when people interrupt during the movie, so he freezes the goon. The, the villains do, well, Sans Bay. The villains <laughs> do a good job of giving it their all and yeah. just like committing to it. Arnold, Arnold's giving a very Arnold performance. Yeah. But he could have gone You could tell he's trying to be this like fun, campy Mr. Yeah. Freeze, and he is nailing, nailing it. Yeah. Like that's that's what it takes to like suspend my disbelief. You just have to be earnest about it. Yeah. George Clooney is in this movie acting like he is too cool to be in this movie. Yeah. The whole time, he he seems embarrassed to be in a nerd movie. Okay, next we're at another fancy gathering, kind of. It's a jungle club, jungle-themed club. But it's clearly fancy enough to have super rich people auction stuff, because Commissioner Gordon appears presenting Batman and Robin to this crowd of fancy pants people who are going to bid on an auction for some kind of rare diamond. But, to be fair, this is a trap that was set up by Batman. Yes, intentionally. He's like, you think it'll work? Because he, he knows Freeze needs these diamonds. Yeah. To power his suit. He doesn't know why Freeze needs bigger diamonds, but he knows Freeze wanted a diamond, he stole a diamond. Yeah. So he's getting the Wayne family diamonds. Is that what it was? <laughs> so you see, the smart thing to do would have been to have that be a plastic fake thing. And so even if it does get stolen, it won't work, but it'll still learn and all. But this isn't... Okay. Also, why make it the Wayne family diamonds? <laughs> Why is Batman? That, that's the only thing. <laughs> like, Batman and Robin are there in costumes, standing with the commissioner in the middle of the party. Like, also, everyone but, like doesn't react that Batman and Robin are there. Yeah. No one thinks that's cool. Well, I I get the vibe in this movie that at this point Batman has so much sway in Gotham City that he's basically the mayor. He does have a credit card. Yeah. Someone let him get a credit card. <laughs> 
He filled in Bam and they're like, well, what's, can we have some bank accounts? He's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets so much leeway. What's your social security number? Uh-uh. <laughs> Is this whose account? This has to go through a social security number name, a birth certificate, something. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Fine. You can have one. <laughs> a little bit of credit. I can imagine Bruce Wayne. It's just Bruce Wayne's. Just Bruce Wayne has a bat symbol on it, and it's just Batman. I'm just a Batman fan. Yeah. So exotic music plays as a furry gorilla does sexy dances, and it's Poison Ivy. We find out that this fuzzy, sexy dancing gorilla is Poison Ivy. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. She slowly pulls off like the arm, the gloves, and yeah. it's like Poison Ivy hands, and she pulls off the mask, and it's her head. It's it's a fairly elaborate entrance. Like all of a sudden there are these like Chippendales dancers that are there. With a strangely choreographed sequence for being square of the moment. I think. Yeah, where she's they're like carrying her all around and there would be human staircases yeah, for her. Letting her step on their backs. Yeah. It's over the top in a good way. Yeah. A weird way. So she's got a running theme of her glowing visible pink pixie dust in people's faces. Which I thought, up until a point in this movie, was just for the audience's benefit, so they get what's going on. Right, but it is not, because the characters pointed out. Yeah. Specifically, she tries to do this on Freeze, and Freeze looks at the dust, goes, Pharaohs mixed with dust, it won't work on people whose hearts are cold. Yeah. Good point. But he looks at it! He looks at it! Well, I thought he smelled it or something. He does smell it, but he also makes eye contact with it and points it out as dust. He calls it dust. Yeah. He doesn't say, like, ooh, pheromones. He calls it dust, which means, like, he's looking at it. Which also means Batman and Robin keep letting poison ivy blow pink dust in her face. That's the problem, is they means that they've seen this glowing pink <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> this auction over. The auctioneers start to auction poison ivy off. Oh, they do. Yeah, I forgot about like, that. I'll do 10,000 for poison ivy. <laughs> what a piece of ass, am I right, lady? <laughs> yeah. She's like, <laughs> boys. Yeah, she, she eats it up. She's like, hmm, boys. You want a piece of me? So she blows dust in Batman, Bruce Wayne's. No, it's Batman. It's, it's Batman. Batman. He's Batman. You, you, think, <laughs> yeah. you think he would have been Bruce Wayne because he's at the Galadon. He's Batman. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I like him. You know, I like him like Batman. Oh wait, maybe I like him young and vigorous like Robin. I'm gonna turn you two against each other <laughs> using this pixie pheromone dust. And I blew into both of your faces, see? <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the audience is bidding on her up to 500000 and then Batman is like, I'll do a billion dollars because I'm here's my back credit card. I forgot that's why his credit card comes out, because he's bidding on Poison Ivy. Yeah. And he's bidding astronomical Bruce Wayne levels of money on her. Which he probably, it would have been awkward because he would have won. And then they would have had to run the card and then you find out, you know, anyhow. And then he would have bought Poison Ivy. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs> that problematic for Batman. <laughs> Luckily that gets interrupted from the worst wire food ever because Freeze this presumably 7,000 ton man in a robot suit swings on a vine. He must 
More than swings, flies. Just he flies. Flies. He's on the ground and he grabs a vine. <laughs> he's on the ground. Floats in a straight he line. He floats in a straight line up to an elevated position. He's not swinging. <laughs> he launches up to the ivy. That's when she blows the dust in his face and he's like, too cold for this. He leaves in his freeze mode. Which is a stupid looking car with spikes on the front of it. Yeah. But a good murder game to like, presumably. I feel like they were probably like free version wind up. Dude, I would go for Burger King right now. I did COVID after ruin fast food. Burger King's probably closed. It was open at midnight. It's not open at midnight anymore. No. Really? Yeah, it hasn't been ever since COVID. But what about Fourth Amendment? Gone. Really? Yeah, Taco Bell is closing at 10 p.m. That's probably good. 10? No, it's not good. What about all these employees that don't have jobs? Fuck off. <laughs> Moving on. So, <laughs> why, does, why does Mr. Freeze need to drive through a giant statue for no reason, right? Try to switch. Okay. So Gotham City is a weird Tim Burton city still, and it's got giant statues in the middle of this Chicago-like Think of like the Statue of Liberty instead of being on Ellis Island, it yeah. was in Times Square. And yeah. there were ten of them. Breeze <laughs> shoots ice beams at it and drives through it. Yeah, he's driving on the road and then he decides to drive through that. So why doesn't he just drive normally to his hideout? To be fair, he's being chased by Batman, but they don't they don't make that known they don't before he does that, that. Till after he yeah, so it looks like he's just driving to his hideout, <laughs> and then he just blows all into the statue, and then drives through it. It's like the most blatant way you After a while, like, oh, he's being chased by Batman. Oh, that's why. He's trying to escape. And Batman almost kills Robin at this point, because there's this subplot of him not trusting Robin enough. Right, he thinks Robin's going to get hurt, so he doesn't want Robin to risk him. So in the middle of this high-speed chase with On like all ramps, yeah, he turns up Robin's motorcycle, which seems more like a way to get somebody killed than <laughs> save them. Yeah. Which it almost does. For some reason, he's telling Robin, who is on a motorcycle, and Batman being in the Batmobile, like a 10,000-ton car. Which should not work as well as a motorcycle for jumps. Right. But Batman's, for some reason, saying that Robin can't make the jump. Because <laughs> they're gonna have to jump off the fingers of the statue it's onto like, another building. Gee, man, you could have made that decision earlier in the road before you're on a statue. But yeah. So yeah, he just he just breaks Robin's motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robin's understandably pissed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't go well for Robin. It's not like <laughs> it's not like it slows slowly to a stop. No, there's sparks involved. Yeah, he like instantly loses control of it. And it's like sliding out of the side. It's like he's driving a Tesla and the wheel comes off in the middle of the highway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Batman easily chaos freeze, bops him, and then he passes out. Oh yeah, he just flies through the window and then like just punches freeze once and freezes down. So freeze is apprehended. And back in the Batcave, Batman and Robin have a falling out over what just happened and trust issues. Yeah. Robin keeps saying, like, you're just mad that Poison Ivy would want me over you. And he's like, yeah. But he's not like, yeah. No, 
No, he gets over it really. He gets over the pheromones really quick. Yeah, Batman, to his credit as the main character, realizes what's happening. He's like, I really do want her, but that's the problem. Something's wrong with this. <laughs> right. After all, I'm a gay man. <laughs> They have their falling out. Alfred records something on a compact disc. His fire mixtape. <laughs> and then Alfred says to Bruce that he is a pig-headed control freak. And then Robin sneaks up on Alicia Silverstone, returning the bike, and she judo throws Robin, further humiliating Robin in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Robin gets the raw end of the stick on this movie. He's whiny, he gets beat up by Alicia Silverstone. He gets beat, he gets beat up by me. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out later. It's pretty great. Uh, and so, yes, Freeze is apprehended, and we see in Arkham, Jesse Ventura is scooting Arnold into his cell in a refrigerator. Remember, he has to be constantly cooled. And it has to be in a ref- an actual 50-star refrigerator. Yeah, he tries to run away, but he can't because he's Oh, it's not cold enough. Yeah, he needs to be precisely on his bed. Yeah. Which is kind of torturous. They could have at least made his cell cold. Not like a little spotlight on his bed. Would have been funny if there's like 17 AC units. Like a bunch of window units. So Bane and Ivy break into a condemned Turkish bath where a gang of neon skull dudes attack Bane. There's, there's so much of this movie that has been already overwritten by my brain in the course of like three hours. Somehow forgettable. Well, yeah, it's it's coming back. Like, That's oh, why yeah. I have to take notes. I would not remember. But yeah, there's cartoon sound effects. So like, and Ivy puts her magic pants on the ground and makes this her lair. Plants. Plants. Yes. plants. <laughs> Autocorrect, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not in the movie I saw. <laughs> I'm like Anchor Man. I just read it exactly as I see Ron Burgundy. Oh. Your delivery was Nicolas Cage levels of not winking at the camera. Like, and then she puts her magic pants on the ground and makes that her lair. <laughs> it's written, must be right. Oh. Anyhow, Julie asks Bruce about marriage. They're having a nice dinner. Julie is apparently his girlfriend. Yeah. Maybe she's the journalist from the first Keaton movie. No, she's not. No, I don't. So she's asking him about marriage, but all he can think about is Uma Thurman. Right, and he's like daydreaming about her. And then he calls her Ivy. And she's like, why did you call me Ivy? And he's like, no, oh, smart. Yeah, he, he, what, what does he say? Oh, she asks who's Ivy. He's like, I wish I did. Yeah. Meanwhile, Robin can't figure out who Ivy is with forensic software. He can't? No, remember? He's... No, I don't remember. Okay. I remember him looking, but I figured he knew who she was. So he's got like, a forensic device to like look up close at a picture of her face and stuff. It's like, she, she knows who she was. And she, she announces it. <laughs> yeah. So he couldn't figure it out. Was he just trying to find good pictures of her to wait to? Yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> excuse, yeah, because Barbara comes in and I'm just doing forensic research. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's the best way to figure out someone is to figure out what they look like when they're peeing on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so we know Robin's gangs. 
<laughs> but Barbara's kink is to go to an underground cartoon gangland motorcycle race competition. So that's a subplot. And Coolio it's a there. scene, it's not a subplot. <laughs> you didn't see this. No, it's a sort of a subplot. Because she gets kicked out of Oxford because of underground. Oh, that's right, because she got somebody doing underground motorcycle racing. Yeah. And Coolio was <laughs> there. You didn't see him. Coolio was there. Wow, he was in the Gangster's Paradise. He was, yeah. At least the music in the scene does kind of slap. They're doing a motorcycle race. And it's like, it does. It was in the 90s look, though. Yeah, 90s. Spring a trap, but the trap is like some green fire, which is supposed to make you fall off your bike. But I don't understand how anybody was supposed to complete this race because the bridge that they were all driving on just ends. And this bridge is at seven billion feet up in the air. Yeah. There's no ground in sight. They're ridiculously high up, and the bridge just ends. So nobody could have completed this race without dying. They actually did her a favor by knocking her off of the bike. <laughs> they could have just pretended like he fell sooner. And Robin was there too. He's following her. I, I don't know how he gets into the motorcycle race. Well, he has a bad motorcycle. Barbara explains now to Dick Grayson that she was kicked out of Oxford for street racing, and she tells Dick that Alfred's sick. Bruce says he can tell he's dying, and then he smirks like George Clooney smirks. He smirks throughout this whole... He doesn't give one line without smirking. Yeah, one. That was, that was one of the things I was watching for. He smirks throughout the whole thing. He does. This general hospital smirk. <laughs> ER. Get it straight. Look at this smirk. This fucking smirk. There it is. There it fucking is. That's it. That's a smirk. That's, that's the man who failed up. Be good looking, be bad at acting. Fucking fail up. There it is. You know that show was made by Michael Clayton? Did you know that? Doctor, he's dead. Oh no, that's too bad. You're getting off on this doctor? No, I just have resting smug face. He's lucky he became an actor, because that's like a face I'd get fucking punched. Oh, look, what? Is he not smiling anymore? Does it look like he is? Because he's with someone who's objectively cooler than him and he knows it. Oh no. That's them all. He's not used to that feeling. Yeah, that's that's his wife. I don't even know. I am a lawyer and I don't understand how this works. She's like a prosecutor of like war criminals. Hey Putin, come face trial at NATO. <laughs> no. Even the US is like, oh, I know. Yeah. Well, please. Basically, that only works in like the Hague after you've defeated them entirely. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sick. You can't be like, I'm the coolest person in the room. No, you're not. Wife is. Anyhow, yes, Freeze is visited in Arkham by Ivy and Ben. They kill the guards, and then they kind of lock themselves into Freeze's cell. <laughs> and then they are desperate to escape before the police break in, even though it's Bane, Poison Ivy, who can control all men, and Freeze, who's also just a juggernaut-sized man. Yeah. Like, Poison Ivy's plan is that Bane is going to somehow break the wall down, and he can't because it's reinforced steel. She goes, oh no, what will he do? Even though Bane has been running rampant through Arkham Asylum collecting Mr. Freeze's like, gear, the reason the cops are at the door is because he has, Bane hasn't been bothering to stop them. He's just kind of like running by them. He just so, grabbed what he wanted and ran by. Yeah, so he runs by with Mr. Freeze's gear. He runs by other cops in that hallway and then like yeah. goes into his room and shuts the door. <laughs> and the cops are like, where'd that big luchador man go with Mr. Freeze's gear? 
Oh, he went to Mr. Freeze's <laughs> house. Well, let's go stop him. The only time in the entire movie is the police are even like given lip service as to an institution. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, they of course escape using some weird freezing uh, of pipes. And before the police can break in, they get out. Batman and Robin say they're over, Ivy. Oh, I'm over. I don't feel the effects of the pheromones. And he's like, yeah, me neither. All those scenes mixed together because there's literally three scenes where Batman says he doesn't feel the pheromones, or Robin says, you are mad that she likes me more than you. He says, no, I don't. And Robin says, yes, you do. I can't believe you. You're such a stuck-up prick. And next, they find Freeze's wife. Before, before that scene ends, I do remember that Batman says that Chris and I had a nice set of stems, and then Robin says nice buds, too. There's a lot of innuendo for a kid. It's sexy for this movie. It is definitely that. I mean, yeah. Poison Ivy is like eating up the screen. They're talking about eating her out and stuff. Are they? There's at least one mission of eating her. Maybe. Anyhow, we find out they can see the pheromone. They follow it into a sewer grate. It's visible, for sure. <laughs> because they visibly see it go in the grate and they're like, look at that dust going in that grate. That's a dust poison that needs to boil our face. <laughs> that we both saw, boy. She keeps doing it. She's done it twice already. Apparently, we could see it both times, and we didn't question it. She stops in front of us and goes, stop, boys. And then she blows fucking dust in her face. And then we get mad at each other. <laughs> but in this sewer, they fight Bane. This is as close to the comics as it probably gets, because they're underground fighting Bane. And they must resist Ivy's pixie dust again. And this is where Bane demolishes Robin. Oh, he murks Robin. That's satisfying. He ragdolls Robin. <laughs> so, Batman is doing something else. I think he's detectiving or something. He's dealing with Ivy. Batman's choked. Batman's just dealing with Ivy, I think. We <laughs> want <laughs> cut back to Bane fighting Robin. Complete <laughs> mismatch. Bane has got him up in the air by his neck. Look, this is the best song work in the whole goddamn movie. Like, Bane is choking Robin. <laughs> and he's choking him. And Robin's doing a goofy, like, pro wrestler, like, clutching onto Bane's hands. Oh, like, is. like with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. Like, ah! <laughs> 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 choking the life out of me. And then Bane decides to zip fast enough. <laughs> so he sets him down on his knees, and then he finishes him. <laughs> a hammer blow to the head. He goes, Ragdolling. <laughs> Gives him a single ragdoll to the forehead. He folds Robin. And he folds <laughs> in the fucking stairwell. His soul leaves his body. <laughs> it is the best stunt work I have seen since John <laughs> fucking Wick. It is He's dead. <laughs> Robin's like, dead. Physically crushed his brain in right there. Oh. But Batman walks up to the pipe and knocks Bane out. And then Batman throws Robin in the slime. Because <laughs> again, Robin's like, I'm gonna go with Ivy. She loves me. She wants me, not Batman's like, no, don't do that. That's dumb. And he goes, you're just mad if she would want me over you. You can't accept that. Batman throws him in the slime. Actually, that's not what happens. Huh? No, he, he's over the pheromone dust already. But Robin's like, Robin throws a punch at him and he just like dunks him in the slime. Yeah, which also, does Batman know that that's just like goop? It, the first thing that comes to my mind because is the Joker fucking yeah. <laughs> It's like exactly the bat that Joker falls into. There's a lot of bats. Batman just like dumps, yeah, or Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Long story short, if there's a vat of like sludge or chemicals in Gotham yeah. City, you don't want to fall into it. Become a supervillain. Maybe it just hucks them right in. Luckily, this was just humiliation slot. Meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon just for some reason turns Freeze's lair onto hot mode. Yeah, Freeze's <laughs> lair is a hot mode. Switches it on, everything turns red and goes hot. Uh, Ivy disconnects Freeze's wife's life support before they escape. Uh, she goes up to Freeze. She's like, Batman disconnected your wife's life support. And Arden's like, what the and also, I don't think we touched on this. Ivy does have like a legitimate thing for Mr. Freeze. Like she wants is to that what Mr. Was? Freeze romantic. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that's what it was or just that she wants to she, blame She did want to manipulate him, but she was super impressed that one, he, he wasn't affected he by her resist. He could resist her. Yeah. But two, she sees him as this vehicle that could destroy the world, which is destroy mankind, which is what she wants. Yes. And revenge on Batman. Yeah. But she is in him, and that's important later on. And, uh, let's both fall to destroy the world! <laughs> and Freeze, he wants to freeze the world just out of, like, spite and rage. He's like, if I can't have any happiness, everybody dies. Yeah. And she is like... I mean, it's like, why stop your revenge at Batman? Why not get rid of the society that put Batman here? And Bane walks in holding a potted plant with teeth that's kind of making human sounds. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's Little Shop of Horrors if Little Shop of Horrors didn't have a budget. Oh wait, it didn't, but still. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ivy is like, these are going to take over the world. Hey, Mr. Freeze is still on board with it for some reason. <laughs> That's where you lose me. Like, ah, <laughs> I might need to put your idea on ice, Ivy. <laughs> yeah, shit. But yeah, cut back. Alfred has stage one McGregor syndrome. Which is the same thing that Freeze's wife has. Correct. Although Freeze's wife has more advanced stage of it, stage like four or whatever. Right. Alfred, since he's on his deathbed, he gives Alicia Silverstone his mixtape collection. Barbara begins to hack into it by guessing passwords. Her first guess is Alfred. Which, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, shows her understanding of old people. Yeah. And spoiler warning this tactic works. But next, we see Bruce realizing Ivy is trying to tear them apart. He goes to the opening of the observatory as Bruce Wayne, and Ivy sprays dust in Gordon's face. I just gotta say, the character of uh, Commissioner Gordon is given such respect and deference in this film. This is like none. She says he's a gross old man, and he's like, please? Please kiss me and kill me? <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like, they don't play it off like Ivy sees some, like, something worth saving in him and decides not to kill him. Or hell, even just decides, like, maybe I don't need to kill everybody, like, right now. Like, that's what I want, but I don't need to do it right now. Yeah. She, it literally is played off like he is not even worth her killing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rest of humanity is replaced by little shop horrors. He'll still be left. <laughs> I decided I didn't like old geezers, see. <laughs> but Bruce also smells the pheromones. He's like, hmm, I need to. So he's not in the scent. But meanwhile, Bane breaks the bat signal. I guess just because it's cool visual. I missed that scene. There's just a quick scene where he just breaks the bat signal. So they can't call Batman. They literally call Batman once. And it just kind of knows where it's Honestly, going. you would want the bat signal. Because that draws Batman away from that your position. Also, it, it tells every supervillain in the fucking land where Batman's going to be in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. A, a, honestly, the bat signal's a stupid idea. Originally, it was just kind of be like, 
I don't have Batman's phone number, so this will let him know that I want to contact him. Sure. I mean, it's great, like, the first time they do it. Then it's going to be like, Batman, if I ever need to give you something, here's my cell phone number. Yeah. I'll call you. It's more incognito. You should like that being, like, the night and whatever. Instead of being, like, giving a huge beacon <laughs> to you. you. Actually, I usually use Snapchat because <laughs> you don't mind. Just Snapchat a picture of the Joker poisoning the water well supply. Or Snapchat a picture of him with toxic sex. It's like, sorry. It's all cute. Thought I might like, see you later. <laughs> might delete. I don't know. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Next, Bruce is at Alfred's deathbed. Barbara guesses correctly that it's Peg, his password. Do they establish who Peg was to him? She looks at a picture, I think. Sure, but who's Peg to Alfred? I'm assuming that's his wife, but I don't, I don't know. They should have made me know. I think, I think they stopped caring. Alfred's Why couldn't you have her hack this password and it be tomato? Why does it gotta be something personal to Alfred if it has no point in the story? Is the password Alfred? No. Is it Alfred 420? Please. This is a world apparently where you have three alphanumeric characters without, you know, extra characters or anything. And that's the encrypted passcode to your... Train loads up on the computer of the CD, the compact disc. It's just straight up like video of Batman stuff. <laughs> Including the thing you saw in the intro to the movie where it's the sick ass of red Batman and Robin symbol flying around. <laughs> right. It's not even like a, It's not even like the files for everything <laughs> that, you know, he uses to deal with like the Batman things. And she just clicks around and like discovers like... She's never clicking on like, Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's like she types the password, and it goes, password, accept it. And then it, like, shows everything. <laughs> All the data visually presented at once. Like, at once. It's like showing her pictures of, like, bat planes, bat meals, bat suits, bat logos. <laughs> human, like, bat Bruce Wayne's naked body. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred posing. <laughs> Why did you give that to her? I'm gonna die, so always wanted to give away Batman's secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she walks into the Batcave. Presumably this was to formally include her into the Bat family because Max Headroom Alfred has recorded his brain signature. He says this. He recorded his brain signature into the Bat computer and took the liberty of making a sexy Batgirl outfit for his niece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and there's like sick ass light show stuff, like there's laser lights and fog machines. And to be fair though, her suit doesn't have nipples. Free the nip. Fucking sucks this ass movie. Oh, and they give her shit for not being PC because she introduces herself to Batman as Batgirl. Hey, I'm Batgirl. Like, that's not PC. Why can't you be like Batperson? Well, he's named Batman. <laughs> yeah. Essentially saying that man is the normal for humanity. <laughs> and he says it through a smirk. Robin comes in to Ivy's lair. We think he's totally simping for Ivy at this time. Like he's falling heads over heels for her. Like he crawls up to her and he's like, Ivy, tell me your plan. He's like, oh, silly boy. Let me kiss you on the lips. Killed people before in this movie. You've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> then he does then it doesn't kill him. His wax lips, his lip condoms on. Yeah. <laughs> and then he peels him off, but he's still less than a foot away from her face. Yeah, she can just grab him and do it. Like, oh, wait, come here. And then he'd be like, oh, shit. But no, it doesn't work like that. He tricks her successfully. And the reason he does this is because he's apparently recording her, but, you know, he just gets pushed into the water because uh, Robin gets no respect in this film. 
it's the second or third time that he gets pushed in this movie into liquid. Yeah. Batman falls into a vine trap. We basically just get the idea that they've been pixie dusted so much in this movie that they've built up an immunity. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily, Batman's saved by Clueless, who fights Ivy one-on-one. Girl fight! Cat fight! That's right. She mentions that she was the one who killed Mr. Freeze. But all three of the Bat family are now discussing with one another, killing Ivy later. No, they don't. They, they just killing Alicia Silverstone. Killing Alicia Silverstone in front of Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> no, it's much. We'll kill you later. We'll kill you later. Come on. Come on. But it, you thought it was about Ivy they were talking. <laughs> it would have been hilarious. That would have been better. Probably the last child, like, wait, we gotta kill Ivy now. We'll kill her later. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I was like, whoa. This movie got real. But first, before. It's like it's doing, like it's folding laundry. We'll kill her later, come on. <laughs> She'll be here. We can kill her then. (laughs) But no. First they have to unsuccessfully stop Freeze from killing a lot of people. Which he does. Indisputably, he must be killing lots of people because he has a giant ice beam. To be fair, they established that once he freezes you, you get 11 minutes before you're dead. Yeah, in this universe. But still, he's freezing minutes of how long a body can be frozen in Freeze's Ice technology. Yeah, this technology, you can be unthawed <laughs> 11 minutes, yes. But he does freeze like half of half of Gotham City. And we see the close-up of bat grappling hooks like 30 times. Yeah, so many. It shows you their wrist, the hook shooting out, the hook flying through the sky, a reaction shot of them like hoping that the hook lands. The hook landing on whatever surface is supposed to go yeah, to. Yeah, just every conceivable way that a grappling hook could hook is shown. So many times. And lots of wire food to go along with it. Um, but Batman and Robin have ice vehicles and ice team costumes. And Batgirl, I guess, has a hazing ritual is given just a regular motorcycle <laughs> yeah. to ride on ice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're all in bat costumes, bat ice costumes. They're all driving simultaneously towards Freeze's new lair, and uh, they have like bat heater devices. And uh, Batman fights Freeze. Bane chokes the other two at once, but they pull the bat cubes out of his mask, which immediately reverts them back into a skinny dude. They also do it so effortlessly. It's like trying to pick up a dime with your feet. It's not like they strongly kick it or anything or slice it. They're both like <laughs> reaching with their feet. Or at least your silver sun just barely like kind of nicks it and it falls out. It's like it's barely there. Alright! Like if Bane were to turn his head sharply, it might pull it out. Yeah. <laughs> Unsecure connection. Yeah, so that's Bane dealt with. Meanwhile, Batman fixes the satellite array to heat up Gotham, but Freeze activates his bombs, causing the building to collapse. Uh, Batman reveals Ivy betrayed him, betrayed Freeze. That's when he plays the recording back, where she's like saying, I unplugged Mr. Freeze's wife. Because there's only one woman for me. He had no reason to divulge that information. She is just paying the price. And so now, 
Mr. Freeze is on Batman's side because Batman. Mr. Freeze, your wife's not dead. First of all, I didn't kill your wife. I actually saved your wife. Poison Ivy's the one who tried to kill your wife. And we can put her in Arkham Asylum where you can do your tests and hopefully save her. Yeah, so we'll even give you a laugh. Also, please save Alfred. Yeah, oh yeah. So now we're <laughs> friends, basically. Batman successfully turns a satellite array into a heat ray to unthaw Gotham, which is a terrifying doomsday weapon in and of itself. But anyway, he saves Gotham. He uh, saves Freeze. Everybody is apprehended. Bad guys have lost. Good guys have won. Next, we see Poison Ivy in prison, plucking petals off of flowers, saying, He loves me, he loves me not. And remember, at this point, I think Batman and Robin and Alicia Silverstone earlier said that we'll kill her later. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's out of the shadows. <laughs> Mr. Freeze in full neck armor comes out. In her cell, <laughs> he's been waiting there for an unknown period of time. And she gets, he's like, oh shit, he's clearly gonna kill her. We'll kill her later, we'll put Freeze in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bribe the guards, it'll look like an accident. <laughs> so I literally thought at this point that Batman and Robin had they made good. <laughs> they made good at what they set out to do. <laughs> Kill her later, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Batman and Robin, they patch up their, their differences. Alfred is fine, and they run towards the camera, cut to credits. Yeah. We're gonna need a bigger game. And that concludes the breakdown. Now it is time for our final segment titled, Did We Hate It? In which we pass judgment on Batman and Robin. So, Arnie, what was the overall moral and or point of the story. Well, there, there's not a moral. Well, okay, so there is a moral, as like stupid as it is, it's that you trust family. Yeah. It's dumb. I don't want to call that the moral of the story because that's not what the story's about. This movie was good. I did mind. This movie is not good. I clearly still hate it. It was awful. <laughs> it's about family. Freeze had family. Poison Ivy plants. Yeah, it's her family. It's a movie about family. Don Toretto could take any one of them. I love, I love how that movie is because I just saw the trailer for uh, Fast and the Furious X or whatever. We watched it. I watched it with my dad. Oh, you did? Those movies are legitimately amazing. They are self-aware at this point. They're yeah. so self-aware. Dial it up even more. They are more superhero movies than Marvel and DC super movies are at this point. The main enemy is a cartoon super villain. Yes. And it's phenomenal. I'm Dante. Ashante. Yeah. He's so flamboyant and so absurd and so ridiculous. It's great. It's an entertaining watch. I bet it is. And their fucking superpowers are cars. It's the dumbest, most shit stupid thing in the world. And it's amazing. It's like Speed Racer if it had some teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Killing people. That's the other thing that's amazing, is these former TVD thieves are straight killing people. They oh kill god. cops in this movie. Oh my god. But they're also saving the world. And they're also finding time to do a drag race in every single movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And then talk about the importance of family. Yeah. Family. All about family. All right, Arden, what was your favorite or least bad part? I can go first if you like. Go first. My favorite part is when Bane hammer fists Robin in the face and he ragdolls. Fuck. 
my favorite part too. <laughs> That's what I'm picking. I, I can't, yeah. even for the sake of being interesting. That was just the best. Yeah, I did it I, I pointed it out, and you and I had a very good chuckle about it. We rewinded three times. We rewinded three times. <laughs> his soul leaves his body. <laughs> Demolished. <laughs> Full drop in hand. <sighs> Worst part might legitimately just be the very beginning, because it set the tone so bad. They're surfing in the sky, and Robin yells out, Cowabunga. I think the worst part is that whole subplot with Alicia Silverstone and drag racing. Who wants to do that? That's right. You're right. Plot-wise, and, and, definitely and it comes at a place where you like you want the movie to go before because it's a bad movie and you just want to keep going. You're like, what? Why? I do not care. You're absolutely right. Narratively, writing-wise, pacing-wise, Alicia Silverstone, unfortunately, that girl shouldn't be in this movie because it's so much about Batman and Robin. It's about their falling out. It's about Alfred and Bruce's relationship. And it's about Freeze and Ivy, and it's already stacked enough. And Bane. Batgirl is just kind of tacked on. Yeah, they, they did not need to add her. I agree. Even, even if they did want to add her, they didn't even do like. They're basically saying she could be Batman because she, she could be Batgirl because she could both be on a motorcycle. Right. If you're going to have Batgirl, you should, it, you should do it justice. You could also just do it by having Alfred say something. It. That's my niece. She didn't go to Oxford, but she dropped out because she's amazing at motorcycle racing and has won millions of dollars in her motorcycle races. You didn't need a 15 minute scene. That race scene is like the pod race scene. Yeah, you just want to get the fuck out of it and we're like watching this thing. Alright, so did you like the movie? Or the actors? Or the characters? Did not like the movie. Did not like the characters. I did like the actors who played the bad characters. Like, okay. They were going for it, and I, I like that, and I respect that. But the, the characters are bad. You just ultimately, like, who are you making this movie for? Like, this this movie, this is one of the movies that brought my critical brain online. And like, a six-year-old kid or whatever. And I'm watching, like, who's this movie for? It's not for me. Uh, we were talking about the Mario Brothers, but this is one. I just, I don't get it. Who would you recast this movie with? Do you think this movie could have been saved with different actors? Mm -hmm. Jason Momoa? Different director. Tommy Wiseau's Batman. It's fine, Robin. I, I totally have a Brenner syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alfred, people get over with Brenner syndrome every day. <laughs> I want to talk about how much I love Ivy. <laughs> no, this is good to you. He has a car. He has a house. He has a good job. No mom. No mom. Hey. Do you think this movie's fixable? No, absolutely not. All right, post watch rating. So out of five stars, you gave this film zero out of five stars. The lowest integer rating above the negatives, which we've done before. I'm giving it some points. Okay. I'm gonna give it one hammer blows out of ten. <laughs> We're just fucking slaying Robin. I can't get over that scene. It's it's one of the best, most sold hits I've ever seen in <laughs> my fucking life. Like, if someone told the stunt actor, like, Bane, the superhuman being, is going to hammer blow you in the head. He's like, hold on, I'd fucking die. And then he died. Die. And this is supposed to be Bane hit side. I'll give this movie 40 McGregor syndrome. Stage 40 McGregor syndrome. <laughs> Stage 40 McGregor syndrome. All right. So we've come to the point where we 
put it on the ranking charts. Wow, I'm just looking at this. You put Old Boy 2003? Yeah. Wait, no, that's a Spike Lee one, so. No, I hate the actual original Korean album with the fashion. Really? Absolutely despised. Why? Because of the plot? Everything about it. Even the famous hallway hammer fight scene, they're all jobbers. It sucks. Daredevil has done it a quadrillion times better in three whole seasons. Instead, I, I agree that Daredevil does it better. Daredevil does the one take better. I, I haven't actually seen it, so I can't speak to it. I just shocked it'd be below Morbius. Uh, Morbius is so bad, it's good though. Yeah. Get morbed. Fucking Robin got morbed. Robin <laughs> <laughs> got morbed. Got morbed, morbed so into a play. <laughs> It's morbid time. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, his number six. Did I see Triple X? Yeah. Just I did see Triple X, didn't I? It was the first one we did. Yeah, that was the first one we did with Van Diesel. Here, let me read through the list. Okay, so this is from best to worst. Number one, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Fucking fantastic. Number two, The Batman, Bob Batch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woo! Let me hear it from the crowd, Bob Batch. Number three, Jurassic World Dominion, based on nostalgia alone. How's that based on nostalgia? All of the original cast. God. It's nostalgia alone. Number four is both Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Soldier, starring Kurt Russell. Okay. Number five is Super Mario Brothers 2023, Super Mario Brothers 2, and six, Triple X. Number seven is Blood Freak. Number eight is Crawl. Number nine is Super Mario Bros. 1993. Number 10 is Morbius. Number 11 is Dark. Number 12 is Gummo. Number 13 is Old Boy 2003. Well, I haven't seen all of these, but if I were to rank them. See, the problem is there's some movies that I'd want to put this O above, like the Batman. At least I believed that Batman was a powerful <laughs> like being in this film. Number two, the new Batman in 1997. <laughs> Moving on, next segment. We good? Yeah, okay. No, I wanted to devote the Batman to Robin. Number two is Batman and Robin. I'm putting in the Google Doc. Wow, right there with Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> the title's so good it deserves two semicolons, but it has one. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's so good, the actor would only accept it if it was directed by Werner Herzog, and Werner Herzog would only accept it if it was acted by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, like, we're doing this together, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to trivia and goofs. So I'll kind of blast through this. Trivia time. So the Batman costume was 50 pounds. It was rubber bodysuit with a 40-pound cape. Why was the cape rubber? It was a rubber cape attached to the head. You know, the cowl. Batgirl and Robin's costumes were 50 pounds as well. And each uh, Mr. Freeze's weighed 75 pounds. That tracks. Mr. Freeze's seems. He's gigantic. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger thought the Mr. Freeze outfit was suffocating. 
<laughs> sure. Most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut. So Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production, and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. When the press discovered the news, they slammed Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress. Wow. I know, isn't that nasty? It's pretty nasty. Director Joel Schumacher, to his credit, publicly defended Silverstone. Well, that's good, at least. But that does explain why she kind of just pops in here and there. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. Make her another suit. Yeah. Just do it anyway. Jesus. Joel Schumacher wanted to make... So he says, allegedly, Joel Schumacher wanted to make a gritty Batman Year One movie starring Kurt Russell as young Commissioner Gordon. He says Warner Brothers decided not to rehire Schumacher. The ex-Batman film stayed in development level for years until Batman Begins, which kind of is a Batman year one-ish story. Yeah. Director Joel Schumacher blamed the studio pressure to make the film more toyetic, i.e. a showcase for marketable toys and games. In making a documentary, he apologized to disappointed fans. According to John Glover, Dr. Jason Woodrow, Joel Schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone and yell before each take, remember everyone, this is a cartoon! It was hard to act because that set a weird tone for the movie. <laughs> when comparing work on Batman Forever to this film, Chris O'Donnell, who's Robin, said, it felt like everything got a little soft the second time. On Batman Forever, it felt like I was making a movie. The second time, I felt like I was making a kid's toy commercial. And then Bane rocked my socks up. <laughs> and he also didn't like the Robin costume. Because they had to glue the mask on his face. Oh my god. And it was uncomfortable. They got a little too personal. <laughs> Mr. Freeze says 27 ice points. Perfect. <laughs> the computer in Alfred's room is a prototype design of what would become the 20th anniversary Macintosh. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Alfred is a tech whiz. Chris O'Donnell revealed that despite hanging out with Arnold Schwarzenegger offset, they never worked a single day together. It was all Damn. Yeah. Before filming, Arnold Schwarzenegger had heart surgery. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't know that. But apparently, they might have canned him, so he waited until he was cast, and then he like secretly got heart surgery, and then it was too late by that point. So he wanted to do it. I guess he wanted. It. Well, we'll find out in a moment why he wanted to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> the roller coaster Mr. Freeze at Six Flags Over Texas was supposed to open in 1997 with the release of the film. Arnold Schwarzenegger and George Clooney were scheduled to appear at the opening at the Gotham City area of the park and be the first to ride Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Troubles with the launch system delayed it until 1998. Schwarzenegger dropped out because he had another project and Clooney decided not to go because Schwarzenegger did. Wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid $25 million, then the biggest ever <laughs> salary for a movie star. Wow. For this movie. To play Mr. Freeze. He only works... Oh, do read it. <laughs> He later beat his own record when he was paid $30 million for Terminator 3 Eyes on Machines 2003. Arnold Schwarzenegger only worked six weeks on the film. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nuts. All right, makes sense why you wanted to do it. Yeah. All right, Arnold, how about you take the next few? Sure. So George Clooney and his stunt doubles went through 50 rubber bat suits. <laughs> That's a lot of bat suits. That's 50 90-pound bat suits. They went through roughly 4,500 pounds of rubber bat suits. <laughs> During shooting, George Clooney visited his friends on the set of ER 1994 in full costume. George Clooney called the film a waste of money, 
In later interviews, he called it the biggest break I ever had since it got him into Hollywood, resulting in more successful roles later on. Oh, shit. I thought George Clooney was kind of a known name in Hollywood before then, but I guess not. I just remember thinking it was a big deal that he was Batman when it came out. So he must have been super famous for me are then. I think he was. When filming was over, George Clooney quipped, I think we just killed the series. <laughs> he was right. George Clooney has been known to refund people who saw this film. <laughs> Clooney has also said he doesn't regret doing it at all, and in fact, uh, credits the film for making him a leading man in Hollywood, as he's previously been a TV actor. He still keeps the poster of the film in his office as a warning to himself. <laughs> That's a warning. Batman limps visibly inside the freeze rocket. During filming, George Clooney injured his lower leg playing basketball. He needed to cut the boot off of the bat suit in order to wear a cast. George Clooney revealed that for years after doing this film, he genuinely blamed himself for ruining the series, stating, I always wanted, I always apologize for Batman. In an interview, the cast members were asked what item from filming they would like to take home. Arnold Schwarzenegger said he would, like to, he would be taking Mr. Freeze's armor home. Uma Thurman said she wanted Ivy's floral throne. Ellie Mc, she, Uma Thurman got to take Ivy's floral throne home. That's at her house. That's awesome. Probably in her uh, greenhouse. That's amazing. Ellen McPherson said she just wanted a cap or something with the movie's logo before anyone I else. I believe that was Bruce Wayne's girlfriend. Uh, George Clooney said he wanted McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> Bats can live more than 30 years and can fly at the speeds of 60 miles per hour or more. Excellent. What a wonderful fact. Yes. Uma Thurman felt the campy and farcical tone fit the film. Enjoyed the creative license she was given in regards to her character. And credits Batman and Robin as less of a career killer and more of her first real experience with a high budget Hollywood blockbuster. Lemonade out of lemons. Did she, she do anything? It? Yeah, she did do big blockbusters after that. Yeah. Like really good stuff. I guess Pulp Fiction an indie film, technically. Nah, that was Tarantino's highest. I, I, I would have considered I would have considered Kill Bill volume one at least of a blockbuster. Yeah. Lots of people saw it. It's flashy, has a lot of action. I guess Pulp Fiction at the time, I guess, would be like an H24 Yeah. This is the second Batman movie in which the actor playing the main villain, in this case Mr. Freeze, is billed over the actor playing Batman. Oh my lord. That is tasty. That's delicious. The other one was Batman 1989 with Jack Nicholson, who played the Joker. Clooney got less than Mr. Freeze. And if you look at the cover of the film, Mr. Freeze is front center and it's bigger than anybody else's face. Wow. After the film's poor box office return, several Batman products were considered for the next Batman movie. So one was a direct sequel, Batman Unchained. The second With Christoph Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> the second was an adaptation of the graphic novel Batman Year One. And the last was gonna be a live action adaptation of Batman Beyond Nineteen Instead, the series was rebooted with Batman Begins in two thousand five. Chris O'Donnell confirmed in a 2012 interview that a Robin slash Nightwing spinoff was planned. However, he reported that plans were scrapped due to poor reception of this film. I don't think he was a huge Hollywood guy. Mm -hmm. After Val Kilmer refused to return for this film, David Duchovny was considered for Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And he was later considered again for Batman Begins. Damn! They really wanted David Duchovny to be Batman. This film was originally titled Batman Forever. 
But Silas is Batman forever. Silas is Batman, the number four ever, because it was supposed to be the fourth film. Mm. However, somebody decided to name the third film <laughs> Batman Forever. So this one had to be renamed Batman and Robin. It was actually supposed to be the title for the third film. <laughs> oh, that seems like a mistake of communication. Right, because the third film is when Robin's introduced. So that would have been Batman and Robin, and this would have been Batman number four ever. Wow. I don't know how that Probably some intern mixed some papers. Who knows? This stuff happens. It does. It does. Kevin Feige. Actually, maybe you want to read this one. Yeah, this is fairly interesting. Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, obviously. He's called uh, Batman and Robin the most important comic book movie ever made because its catastrophic failure forced major comic book companies and film studios to rethink how they presented comic book-based media. This movie was so bad. It makes superhero movies good. I can see that. Like, I get that. That makes sense. Bats can eat up to 1,200 mosquitoes an hour. That's an interesting fact. That's an interesting animal fact. And Batman co-creator Bob Kane died one year after this film was released. Oh, no. Not with this. <laughs> All right. Who would win? This is a battle royale featuring characters or actors from the current episode versus ones from previous episodes. The battle arena is either a standard boxing ring or it's themed for the episode. Contestants are equipped with their iconic loadouts. The win condition is incapacitation, death, or a ring out. As in wrestling, surviving past contestants can make surprise reappearances. So, where does this battle arena take place? What is the arena of battle here? Well, I guess it would have to be inside a gigantic statue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's inside of a giant statue. This episode is obviously going to be Batman and Robin. This is Chris O'Donnell Robin, George Clooney, and Don Don Don. You weren't here for this episode, but due to the narrator from the film Blood Freak, who was able to rewrite reality, Bob Bats, who before that, the brains was scattered across the floor, by Nicholas Cage's bad lieutenant with a giant revolver. Reality was rewritten so he was an intensive care unit, but not dead. <laughs> <laughs> and now he is fully recovered. <laughs> They're here chasing. No, why would they even be in the statue? Oh, I know. It's a gala that they were both invited to as Batman and Robin. Then Bob Bats is there in a hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> and smirking Batman goes, it'd be rude to let someone suffer like this. <laughs> no, he's not in the hospital bed. No, he's fully recovered. Okay? You don't want that much. <laughs> no but me. This is improv. Let's, this let's... is a yes and. <laughs> no, but you're shutting it down. And that's the thing you don't do in improv. Yes and. He gets out of the hospital bed and he says, I'm fine. Look at me. <laughs> he does six cartwheels. He's fine. He's great. He's limber. He does running in place. He does 20 jumping jacks. Robin looks at him and says, so you think if you're all good at acrobatics like that, Poison Ivy's going to like you more than me? <laughs> <laughs> then 
Chloe Van Ness, still smirking, turns to Robin and says, Robin, I can't trust you. <laughs> Robin tries to push them both out the back of the statue. <laughs> both Batmans dodge him and push him into a vat of goo. And then Robin gets This is no longer a fight between Batmans. <laughs> doesn't know when enough's enough. He points at them both and accuses them. What's he say? You both want to be with poison ivy want to be. You just can't stand that she wants a younger model. Bob Bats is like, I'm pretty young. For a Batman, I'm pretty young. But I'm young in an edgy 90s way. Bob Bats. You're young in an emo way. Which isn't something a woman wants. Bob Bats locks up, punches him 30 times, hammer punches him. Robin spits blood back in his face and says, see, emo. Bob Bats kind of rubs it down his face. He's kind of into it. And then Robin pulls out a 45. No. because Ivy wants both of us. And then Robin takes out a second 45 and puts it in Bob's mouth. <laughs> and then Payne comes up and chokes Robin. Robin goes, Payne <laughs> lets go of the choke. And we know what happens next. <laughs> he flattens Robin. Payne fucking flattens him. Puts him on his ass. <laughs> he ragdolls him. And then the Batman shake each other's hands knowing that their job's done for the day. Yeah. And I think the Batmans are the pictures. Okay, good, good. We're gonna stop it right there. Before another revolver. <laughs> good, I think that's a good result. Right. This was not a battle of violence. What happened to Nick Cage? What happened to Nick Cage? Did you just not factor him in, or is he gone? Is he out of the Battle Royale scenario? He got severely injured, but he was also in ICU. Somewhere along the line, he got injured. Okay. You don't, still keep, you don't keep the bad lieutenant. He could even be alive right now and walking around, driving recklessly up to crime scene. <laughs> Shaking people down for drugs. His soul's still dancing. <laughs> Shooting <him> again. <laughs> Right, Batman's still out there, and Robin is still flattened out solid by Bane. Perfect. Top five Batman villains. We got Ra's al Ghul, Jonker, Clayface, Man Bat, Ali Quinn, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, the Reptile Boy guy. Those are options, or those are your picks? <laughs> those are options. Your first favorite pot Batman <laughs> Jonker. <laughs> So, I'm a fanboy over the animated series. I think Mark Hamill's best Joker, and, and Joker's probably Batman's best villain. I think Mr. Freeze is up there. Uh, Ra's al Ghul is up there, pairing Ra's al Ghul with Talia al Ghul. Did Ra's al Ghul always train Bruce, or was that just I don't know if that was just in Batman Begins. They've always had a history. It's never straight up like a evil, lot. Like, yeah, evil. and Ra's al Ghul has always known Batman as Bruce Wayne, 
and doesn't really do anything about that. Yeah. If he's, he's had a relationship with Talia, to my knowledge, I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of person. He's no narc. He's no narc. Not a, he's not a narc. Straight. Fuck the police! I've always hated Riddler. Yeah, Riddler's annoying. Riddler's fucking stupid. Clockman, Calendar Man, Ventriloquist guy. The Holiday Killer is kind of interesting. Uh, it's like. Batman at its best, where he's doing detective work and trying to figure out what's going on. Because he's the world's greatest detective. He's not the world's greatest fly plane to sit where and punch somebody. Some iterations, he's the world's best everything. He is, but really what makes Batman good is he's solving these crimes. It's why Batman has a place in the same universe as Superman. Oh, yeah. Like, like, if Joker was in Metropolis, Metropolis would be ice. It would be destroyed. Yeah. Because Superman can't just, like... Hear his way through this and just fly there and punch the problem to death. Right. Banyan is the brains behind the Justice League. Right. That is. And the money. And the money. 100% the money. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the, the heroes, the villains that I think are the best. There's a cool Justice League um, cartoon animated movie, I think. Well, I know, the one where he's got plans to kill everybody. It, it's Luther steals so it. awesome, yeah. Because it works. And it does, it works. Yeah. He doesn't plan to kill everybody. He says it's to incapacitate, and then everyone, and then Lex Luthor, like, modifies it a bit to make it, make all things legal. And the Justice League, like, disowns him for it. Well, yeah, and he's like, fine, I'll leave. See how long it lasts. Yeah, I'm pulling funding. <laughs> right now. You better go get that space station, Superman. It's flying towards Earth. Daily Planet, Shuttle, Clark. Sounds like fake news, Clark. Huh. And Diana. Hmm. You're a museum person, hmm? It'd be a shame if somebody bought that museum. <laughs> Fired you! <laughs> and then put all those priceless relics in their house for them to have only. <laughs> yeah, and this is my Green Lantern is trying to chill them out. He's like, just look at Look at What do you want to see? Your parents? He makes a green lantern. For a second, he's like, oh, stop, stop that. <laughs> No, stop. I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> Batman has the best rogues gallery because they're they're all a reflection of Batman. Right. He has the best rogues gallery in DC, just like Spider-Man has the best rogues gallery in Marvel. Honestly, I think Spider-Man's rogues gallery sucks, too. Like, you do sucks? Yeah, I do. 100%. I think Spider-Man's rogues game. gallery sucks. Especially when you compare it to Batman's. Batman is cool, interesting villains, and it's because they're all a tiny piece of him. Clayface is a clay man. Reptile Boy is a reptile boy. Clayface represents Batman's changing his double Batman. life and not even knowing which one is the real him at this point. Yeah. Is he Batman masquerading as Bruce Wayne or is he Bruce Wayne masquerading as Batman? Right. He doesn't know. Junker represents... I don't know who Bruce Junker is. Junker was portrayed by Jack Nicholson. Oh, gotcha. This is a typo of Joker. You don't want to believe that. <laughs> Fine, it's the Joker. <laughs> Alright, so... Mr. Freeze, Drunker, Penguin. But it has to be the Batman Penguin. Played by Colin Farrell, playing Robert De Niro as Penguin. Where are you going? You can kill me. Can't have this, because it's my <laughs> But I thought you would like it. Is this Colin Farrell Penguin? <laughs> Why do you have this? Because we went to Legoland, and I let her pick out any um, Lego set she wanted, and she wanted the Batmobile. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it's, it's Bob Bat's Batmobile, and it comes with Batman and uh, Colin Farrell Pigwood. If I didn't tell you he was Pigwood, you'd have no fucking idea, would you? He just looks like a guy. A <laughs> guy with bad acne. He's got, like, acne on for some reason. No umbrella. Yeah. Alternative figure. Uh, Bruce Wayne asking to be let in. <laughs> 
You want me into your nightclub? No. Why? Because you're Batman. Okay, well, you let me into your nightclub now? Uh, sure, Bruce Wayne? I don't see why not. <laughs> you know, when you think Batman's rogues gallery, you think of, like, just main ones. This is probably up there just because of this history. He is one of my least favorite is chaotic. Yeah. I, I don't believe the main rogues gallery. So I never hear of his favorite, but he's just like, everything comes down to a coin flip, but you, you really... What is justice and stuff like that? Justice isn't necessarily being fair. I do like that he just has like two forty-five caliber ACPs. Black, <laughs> black, Bob Bats got your number. <laughs> Does he have to flip a coin to decide whether he flip a coin? There, there is a comic. <laughs> no, seriously, there's a comic called Batman Arkham, and one of the psychotherapists is doing a therapy with uh, a so they give him like a Rubik's Cube or something like that, and throws his whole decision-making thing out of whack, so he'll just like sit there and pee himself and stuff. <laughs> Can't just make a coin flip to decide. Oh my he gosh. paralyzed by choice, basically. That's amazing. It's <laughs> analysis paralysis. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's stupid villain. It's dumb. Alright, so what's next? Final segment, Devil's Advocate. Do you want to take the side of the villains of Batman and Robin, or the heroes? I guess, before I choose, what, what, am, I, what am I arguing about? Alright, this segment, in this segment, one of us must defend the protagonist's position, and the other must defend the antagonist's position. Whether or not we actually agree with them personally. So do I have to do all the villains, or can I just pick freeze? He is the main bad guy, after all. In fact, he's top build. I kind of have to say that at least the hero side is Batman and Robin, just because the title. They, they share the same goal, though. Whereas Freeze and Ivy do not share the same goal. Let's say... They don't. They don't have the same position. Alright, so let's say this trial takes place after the events of the movie. And let's say that Freeze is taking Batman's side. Because that's the side he would take in this particular situation. To claim temporary insanity due to a variety of reasons, ultimately siding with the billionaire who will help pay his attorney fees. Right. And he's also already in Arkham Asylum, and Bruce already hooked him up with his lab and stuff, so... <laughs> and, and hooked him up with a way to kill Ivy. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so this is just a place after the brutal murder murder trial? The murder of Poison Ivy? Sure! Okay, it's the murder trial of Ivy. Oh yeah, because it's settled. At the end of the movie, they're in Arkham, which means there was, if there was a criminal pr proceeding, they already decided they're criminally insane. So it has to be... Right. This trial you know, they always put them in Arkham with, in record speed, which to be fair, they would be. Like, <coughs> Mr. Well, they're escaped. They're escaped. If I were the defense attorney for Mr. Fucking Freeze, <laughs> I would be like, oh, you're Mr. Freeze? Like, you let him out. Competency hearing. Yeah. <laughs> competency. Like, we need to see if this man's competent to stand trial. He's Mr. Freeze. We I mean, have precedent he for him being put in here. Super villain. Yeah. You already decided once he was insane. That's why he was in Arkham in the first place. He you escaped. let him out. <laughs> yeah. And now he's back, so we're putting him back in. Yeah. So he would be there pretty quick. So I guess... It, so he hasn't actually... Procedurally, he hasn't had his trial for, like, freezing Gotham yet, either. Right, right. So is this... Freeze P. Ivy's estate? <laughs> it, would be, it would be the people versus Freeze. Okay. For the murder of Poison Ivy. Which any jury's eyes is gonna roll... Their guys are gonna roll out of their heads. <laughs> 
So after the first <laughs> one, oh my god, the tax dollars go towards. This is an appeal or something. <laughs> the first one, their eyes rolled out there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They had to get somebody from Metropolis, a jury from Metropolis, to be impartial. Metropolis is going to be like, we know this shit too. <laughs> okay, from Flash City or wherever he's from. We're going to need to get him from, like, Des Moines, yeah. Iowa. <laughs> Mr. Who? What? Mr. Icicles? <laughs> I'm from Alaska. We're all about freeze. We love freezing things here. Freeze versus the people for the murder of Poison Ivy. And as character... Maybe they're trying to use this freezing of a Gotham City as well. They're trying to bring that in if they can. They're not, they can't. <laughs> denied. <laughs> That's denied. So now the question is, who are the witnesses? <laughs> Batman and Robin. They're not show they're not showing up to trial. <laughs> For one, how do they get subpoenaed? Okay, they're in the audience. <laughs> Maybe they're the end. And then they go on the stand, the first question is like so who are you? <laughs> you don't. You say you'll tell the truth on the stand. Yeah. Who are you? Whoa. Well. Easy. He slams his hand. On Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I was gonna say Batman. Oh fuck me. <laughs> I sit down. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Everybody laughs. Everybody laughs. <laughs> Wait, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, you are Bruce Wayne. <laughs> you have that same fucking smirk that I hate. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not smiling, you're smiling. Bob Dad says Bruce Wayne walks in the classroom. He's like, I'm Bruce Wayne. No, that's some emo child. That's not Bruce Wayne. That hurts his feelings. Bruce so Wayne. <laughs> He puts a 45 in his mouth. He grabs the bailiff's 45 <laughs> and puts it in his mouth. He's not leaving out. Okay, that's moving on. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. Moving on. Order in the court. Order in the court. Order in the court. Order in the court. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done for good right now. <laughs> this whole episode, he's gone. Okay, he's safe. My pets is safe. Okay. Order the court. Oh. All right. Batman blows some pheromone dust in the judge's face and says, "Forget about all that just happened just now." The judge is like, "I'm putting a warrant out for that emo boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see him arrested and executed." Robin is nodding. In unprecedented history. <laughs> Execution via 45 caliber bullet in the mouth. <laughs> so it's Gotham City versus Batman. They're gonna use the lethal ejection chamber still and have him like on the bed like this. Because they're gonna put a 45 in his mouth. Jesus. Another judge walks in. So he's Friends and family looking at him like. You deserve this. Sort of this emo child. Oh my god, dude. Alright, moving on. God. Order of the court, okay. I knew it would come this way ever since you were a young boy. Your father took you into the city. Yeah. To see a marching band. To see a marching band! Defense says, irrelevant, your honor. No, it totally is relevant to his credibility. Who he is? Yes! You expect the jury to believe who you are, yet 
you will not even tell us who your name is. Which, by the way, all right, smoke bomb. You need to. Now we don't have witnesses. <laughs> Robin Jacobson. <laughs> Robin, would you please say your name for the jury? Yes, your legal name. I am Dick Grayson. Everybody silence. So Batman's Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Isn't that the boy that hangs out with Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Bruce Wayne's like, what the fuck? Conspiracy theories too. I'm Jesse Body Ventura. <laughs> Sorry. Formerly the body. Formerly the body. Now mind. There was a weather satellite, by the way. Wait, wait, no, don't hold on. Let me say this. Uh, the people off the ears. There is a weather satellite <laughs> just outside of Gotham. It changed the weather patterns. It changed. I believe it, and it was funded by Bruce Wayne, who, by the way, there is a lot of evidence that he's Batman. Now everybody that did think he was actually <laughs> No, I'm no. not gonna believe anything he said. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm Jesse Ventura, and this is Conspiracy Theory. Anyway, so I went to the cell and I used dead. Yeah. Wait, someone choked her and hit her really hard in the forehead. Didn't you get poisoned to death by Ivy? Oh, worry! <laughs> He's clay-faced. <laughs> <laughs> <It> morphs. <laughs> he smoke bombs and leaves. <laughs> <coughs> well, this is officially kangaroo court. <laughs> Recess. Recess. <laughs> this is kind of... I don't know who, uh, what other witnesses the state would produce. I guess it would have to be forensic analysts and, and like people who look at the security tapes and... Yeah, but security, I, I saw cool the Tim Burton's fucking asylum, <laughs> I don't think there's security tapes. Oh, no. So this like, ends up being like a class action against Arkham Asylum in general. Probably. Yeah, just general abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Reform like, and Gotham. We can't prove who killed, a, but, killed her, but we can prove that she was murdered in your cell, and also you don't know who fucking killed her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arkham gets 
Oh, Arkham's settling. Yeah. It's <laughs> so so a lot. Which is fine because they get all the publicity for having all these super villains in their facility. <laughs> they sell action figures. So, <laughs> they have a gift shop. Yeah. Buy the Joker action figure. Actually, it's kind of like a zoo. You can walk by, see, freeze, and it's. He dead. killed my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy two. He killed everybody. <laughs> Whose daddy has he not killed? Come here. I'm gonna use you as a ploy to escape. <laughs> you know how I got these scars. <laughs> I think he's gonna do this in great lives. <laughs> They do Netflix documentaries. <laughs> yeah. Diary of a Clown Killer. Not John Wayne Gacy. Or the Ripper. Or... Can I tell you that one of the biggest disappointments, last off tangent thing before we close out this episode, but can I tell you one of the biggest disappointments to me was finding out in a Netflix documentary that John Wayne Gacy's whole like clown thing had nothing to do with how he picked up kids to murder them. That's a disappointment to you. Yeah, because this whole time he's like the clown killer, but it had yeah. fucking nothing to do with it. He's a killer who happened to who was clown. really into being. No, that was his like side hobby gig. Like he's into it. But that was like his hobby. He was a good clown. He apparently worked in the Reagan White House as a clown before. Yeah, but as far as him like picking up young like teenage boys, he was just like, "You want a job? I'm a union person." So really, it's not you should be afraid of clouds, you should be afraid of unions. It's false. Oh my god. When your union rep tells you that he's got a job for you. Yeah, John Gacy, you ruined the rep of the union. He did. He did. He's very active in the union, also in killing kids and storing them in his basement, ball space. Which is he put them there. It's smelly, dude. Not only is it smelly, like, I don't want to go into my own crawl space because I fear that there are dead bodies in it when I know there are not. He knows there's decomposing dead bodies that probably, if there is such a thing as a soul, have grudges against him. Yeah. You crawl the fuck down there and, like, stuff another body under there. Maybe he was freaked out. Maybe. He's constantly terrified trying to go to sleep. (laughs) That's why he had to hype himself up by killing another kid. Just say, like, no, I'm the scary one. <laughs> I'm the scary one, not you. Maybe it all started with a spooky crime. I'm the one who knocks. Yeah. It's like that movie, The Black Phone. Black Phone? Phone. Black Phone. Yeah. It's um, a movie with Joaquin Phoenix? No. Sean Hannity? No. Looking this up real quick. Because th- this is surprisingly on point, and it proves that there is no original idea in the world anymore. Because you and I riffing at them for this podcast came up with an actual plot of a movie. Yeah. Ethan Hawke. He's a serial killer, and he kidnaps a boy, and he keeps him in this place where he torches him. And the kid, like, there's this old telephone. It's like a landline, and it calls the kid, and there's another kid on it, and the kid's giving him advice. Uh. And the, it turns out, like, spoilers for the that phone there are other kids that this guy murdered and they're guiding him like the ghosts are guiding the kid to escape and to get revenge against oh, the serial killer that's interesting yeah How's that I was thinking that was also you huh? I was thinking for a minute he had a thing for being murdered he had a thing for being murdered no that wasn't him no, Matt Dillon this looks so alright how about we wrap this up Let's do it. So, anything else you want to eat? Just a little pet peeves you have? Um, that annoy you, grind your gears, pet your peeves? Presses your peanuts. Hmm. You know, I'm generally kind of a positive person. What? Yeah. Why? Stop that shit. Okay. Um, people who question me okay. at the end of tell this podcast <laughs> tell me not to be positive. <laughs> one fucking 30 a.m. Oh, I'll say just one. Uh, when you're about to click on something, on like a web page, or 
Then at the last moment, the screen populates and it moves. And so yes. You, you click on something else on accident. It happens on phones notoriously. Right. Because it always has like the uh, responsive loading. You no, know, no, I agree with you. I effing hate that. I'm not into it. That's my new thing. All right. What else have you been watching and stuff? Well, I try to think of something interesting that I watch. I don't want to just go with. I've been watching the the latest Marvel thing that everybody else is watching, and that's hardly interesting. That's what I was gonna say. I know, but it's hardly interesting. Everybody's watching it. Oh, <laughs> what did I watched before that. I was watching a Netflix show. It must not have been that interesting though, because I don't even fucking remember. No. Secret th- Invasion. You were watching Secret Invasion. Yeah, I was. I'm not ashamed that I was watching it. It's just that I'm like, I've been watching this new thing you may not have heard of it. It's Secret Invasion. It's the latest <laughs> Disney Plus. Like straight to like, oh yeah, I've seen that. So um. No, I've done, I'm really excited. They're doing a new, and I'm hoping, final season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I need to watch that. It is my favorite. So it takes all the cool lore of vampires and kind of mixes it all together. That's what the movie yep. did, yeah. Yeah, so... And Nas brought to alongside yep. these other goofy vampires. So they, they have, um like, Dracula, but he's goofy because he's, like, this Landon Paler type dude. They have two, like, Victorian-style vampires, which are... Because they were written in Victoria. Yup. Yeah. And then they have... Uh, do they have an energy vampire in the movie? No, you told me about that. That's awesome. The energy vampire is fucking hilarious. Do they have werewolves in the show? In the movie, they have werewolves. They do. Oh, that's cool. They have werewolves and they're mortal they're enemies. They have Blade. Oh, that's right. They have an XP of Blade. And they also have the actor, um, Sean something. I forget what his last name is. But the guy who's Deacon Frost's right-hand man, he's like, we're going to be gods. Is it? We're going to be naughty vampire gods. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to be naughty. I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. <laughs> he's in it, but he was only an actor. But he becomes a vampire because he loved Blade so much. And he like, says he loved the movie Blade. Yes, 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 yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he loved being in that movie, so he becomes a vampire. Yeah, I'm gonna start that. Yeah, it's, it is fantastic. If, if you haven't seen it and you're into vampires at all, it is the most funny thing and probably one of the cooler renditions of vampires in modern time. Oh, Get out yeah. of town, Twilight. You are not vampires. I've been watching, uh, we... Me and Brandon started to watch Twin Peaks. We watched Eraser, Top Gun Maverick, 65 with Adam Driver, Jack Ryan, John Wick Chapter 4, Fast X, Secret Invasion, Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Nice. After oh. 2 and actually kind of like Jack Reach, no, what'd you say Jack Ryan? You just reminded me of this one show. Reacher. Reacher, have you seen it? My dad loves it. It's a Republican's fucking wet dream. <laughs> it is like a masturbatory fantasy of like what a right wing Republican would want to be. The funny thing about that, it's written by a UK dude. What? You would think, yeah. You the American like the that the UK wants you to be. <laughs> yeah. Because like Jack Reacher is just like big. He's just bigger than everyone else. And everyone like comes up to her like, you're a big man. And he's like, I'm just a good mannered American homeboy. Good guy with a gun. Who was in the military yeah. and honorably discharged and is really smart and really good with a gun. Lives above the law, but the law loves him and he loves the law. Even though he disobeys 
use the law for Right. He, there's literally a scene where he like sits down and he like asks for an apple pie. Oh, and they yeah. get a diner and they give him a slice of apple pie. Well, the running thread of that is that the first episode he just wants to eat this American apple pie. Gosh damn it. But he isn't allowed to because he gets interrupted. Yeah. And then final episode he gets to eat his got darn the, the American girl next door sheriff woman. She's a police officer. She's a police officer. So she, she takes no shit. Back the blue. She's she's strong willed but also kind. She does still want a big strong man. And boy, have I told you yet that Reacher is big. When my daddy watched Reacher, he had to put two televisions in portrait orientation just so he would fit into frame. He's big. He's so big. That boy has drank his milk. Why did <laughs> F950 pickup truck tell you about dang it? Oh, damn that! I felt Ow. I felt weird watching that movie, that show. My dad, by the way, was super democratic. Right. I think it's just boomer people like that. Well, and also it's like a boomer and rendition of like how they were when they were Americans. Like it, it, it was very much like a, it, it was a boomer power fantasy. Yeah, action heroes today have to be like John Wick, rookie's former assassin. Like no illusions about him being really a good guy. Like right. He's doing the right thing. But but to be fair, they they did a Jack Reacher movie. Yeah, too. With the shortest man ever, Tom Cruise. What? And it doesn't have that feeling where he's like, good old American boy. I think Tom Cruise changes the vibe so much that it can't be that. He does, but they also didn't they didn't try to write that. No. You can write a movie even though the vibe's not there. We just spent how long discussing one? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I'm not disagreeing with you yeah. at all. Like, it, it is very much a boomer power fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And Which... That does not stop me from completing it. Like it, it had, it had its highlights. But it was <laughs> I just, enjoyed watching it. It was weird. Like it was weird watching it and, the UK and just guy. seeing that play out. I know. I the UK guy who wrote it because I looked into it because I was like, what is this? So it is based on. <laughs> you also felt it was <laughs> yeah. weird. You're like, what is this? Who is this for? <laughs> Played too straight. It's like psyop. <laughs> no, it's UK guy who. It's like, you know, spaghetti westerns from Italian directors and stuff. Right, who really idolize like, as part of American yeah. culture. In Americans, you know, we idolize samurai. And sure, stuff. sure, yeah. It was a UK guy idolizing what he thinks Americans are, exactly as he said. Be the American this weird UK guy thinks you are. It's <laughs> like a romantic idea of this wandering hobo power man who is always <laughs> yeah. right, always doing the right justice thing. And, and boy, is he big. He is. He is a big boy. He is in Fast X, and he's absolutely bigger than anybody in the movie. And that movie includes The Rock, Vin Diesel, and Jason Moore. <laughs> he's a brick shit house within a brick shit house. But I bet you didn't feel how big he was in that movie. No, because he's wearing like a, a, a business suit. And every other character doesn't mention it. No, yeah. Yeah, like, they, they, every like, character runs in the reacher and like, wow, you're big. It's actually a huge I bet you, I bet you had a, a big boy upbringing with your big boy mama. I bet she was so proud of you. You want to play football? <laughs> yeah, all-American linebacker. Husky corn-fed boy. Yeah. Big linebacker ass boy. Eat cow, cornbread-fed, <laughs> ass-fed, big boys. <laughs> 
17 meters tall. I'm not gonna lie. If I need, if I have a choice between being the American, this weird UK guy thinks I am, and the American that Japan thinks I am, I'm sorry. Senator Armstrong <laughs> is putting Reacher in the dirt every time. Well, Armstrong's got nanomachines. Nanomachine son. Nanomachine son. <laughs> and Giga Metal Gear, whatever that Metal Gear is. Richard kind of doesn't give a shit. No. The only reason he gets roped up into this thing is because... He's for... actually doing an investigation about why his brother happens to be like the head of the DHS or something. Security. He's like a high up secret agent guy. How he got killed? He's like first deputy to the president of the Department of Homeland Security, but is dead in a field. So he's actually only cares about why his brother died. Yeah, it's a big boy. The books apparently he hops from place to place because he is a hobo. He goes from town to town, solving the town's crimes. Does he beg? How does he get money? Cat Reacher doesn't beg, I know that for sure. He he actually goes out of his way to explain what a hobo is versus a bomb. He oh, says, that's all right. place to place looking for work, temporarily. Right, uh, as he would, yeah. as an American. Like, he's he's a hard worker. I'm so a I hard worker. But damn it, gosh damn it, I'm an American. I have freedom, which means I can go anywhere the hell I want. God. Heck. It. Another word for that is I'm a nomad. But I don't use those kind of words because they sound like they come out of a Native American. <laughs> I'm sorry, Asian. Speaking of that, I'm not going to say anything else because it would be too racist. It would be problematic. I'm big. <laughs> I use big words. That's who my big boy frame. Because I'm a big boy neck. big boy neck. Boy, you big, The James Webb Telescope has determined that the largest object in the observable universe is located in our own solar system, and it's named Jack Reacher. What are you eating there, rabbit food? Give me 17 platters of cornbread and maybe one entire Baby. animal. <laughs> <laughs> one entire animal. Make sure it's American now. So yeah, if you want to watch some weird like boomer power American fantasy <laughs> and you haven't seen Jack Reacher on Amazon, hey, watch it. English. It is a strange experience. It's a strange, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's, it, I, I do not want <laughs> to make it seem like I think it's objectively bad. Like <laughs> the storytelling is good. The, the plot points are good. The suspense <laughs> is great. But it is also very much like you're thinking what was in the mind of the person who wrote this and why do they love Americans so much? Yeah. Are they American? No. And it turns out no. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, what they think it's something with an American fetish. Yeah. It's like when you go to a, like a, a USA themed bar in Japan. Oh, it's the best. Like, Okay, USA, you want some Texas mesquite from Canada? Michael Jackson, Coca-Cola, Pepsi. Yeah, it's, ooh. I love Japan, anybody else's portrayal of USA. It's like All Might from My Hero Academia. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Which, to be fair to them, we are like that. Oh, so yeah, I we're boisterous and extreme. I'm loud and boisterous and always happy and smiling and I'll, <laughs> I'll fucking hug you. Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculously happy. Their culture bows. To be fair, I would respect their culture. I know that they bow, so I wouldn't necessarily, like, oh, yeah. grab out and touch them or anything. But, I mean, a lot of Americans wouldn't. They wouldn't do the research. They'd, like, offer their hand for a handshake. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, we bow. We're like, ha, that's silly. We do handshakes. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Run your rocks, they're so tiny. <laughs> I'm big, I eat three cows a year. <laughs> I'm huge. You people are heavy, but my nephew. Grab on a shoulder, such a rush, full tilt. What? I'll scream in USA. Oh, you guys sure do things funny here, not like in the USA. First she's first! God, I wish your cars were bigger. I can barely fit my big body up. <laughs> my body takes up three lanes. American Dream Longest. Blonde hair, blue eye. Oh. Alright. Well, yeah. Any last thoughts? <laughs> No, I th I think this is a good note to end it on. Okay. It's a good this is a good big thought to end to end this on. Okay. Big thoughts for a big podcast. Okay, everybody. Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. Thanks for listening. And good night. Nice to see you.